What's up, everybody? Thanks for downloading the Thunk Tank podcast. Welcome to old and new listeners. Um, so this topic for today's episode was basically like teaching philosophy and teaching stories. Joe and I have been teachers for a long time. For me, I've been a private music teacher for probably 10 or 11 years now. Joe's been a college professor for a while. He's also done some private tutoring kind of teaching. So we had different perspectives on the whole um, topic, but we also kind of converged on very similar ideas. I would say the main idea, it's a very sort of scientific literacy type of concept or philosophy of teaching, which is just, you know, you have to teach people how to think, not just what to think, but how to think. And of course, knowing what to think is important, but you have to know how to use knowledge, how to arrive at solutions through thinking and critical thinking and logic, just how to balance your mind and, and learn how to think. And thinking takes effort. And I, I encounter so many people who just, it's not that they don't know how to think, they just, they're, they're too lazy. And so you have to like work your brain out like it's a muscle and encourage it to think. So this is what I, besides teaching the specifics of, you know, a musical instrument, um, this is what I try to impart on the kids I teach. And I think, you know, in, in fucking 2018, we got Trump as president. Um, you know, just how embarrassing that in a country of 330 million people, those were our two choices for last election, you know. And we're, we're all complicit in, in this kind of situation that's keeping societies... The, I mean, just we need more critical thinking, I guess, is my point. Um, and we need better thinking and clearer thinking. And education is the biggest, you know, factor that shapes how a, how a kid is going to learn how to be a, a critically thinking and balanced adult. So I think that was at the core of our message. But we had a lot of detail in there. And also, we, we each told a few funny um, teaching stories. So check those out. All right, so a few things to take care of. I'll try to be fast here. Uh, first off, we joined up with this campaign called Two Pods a Day, which is basically a campaign that's aiming to introduce podcast listeners to two new independent podcasts every day for the whole month of July. So it's supposed to, you know, like independent podcasts have trouble, you know, getting visible on the internet. They get lost in the shitstorm of, of noise that is the internet. And, and the big, really popular podcasts often just dominate all the downloads. So this is sort of aiming to give some visibility to independent podcasts. And um, basically for the whole month of July, I believe, each day there'll be two episodes from a different independent podcast like ours. Oh, so we'll be on there one of the days. I don't know which one. And so uh, check those out. We'll put that in the episode notes. Uh, let's see. Check out our blog. That's right. Um, we write a little short blog post for each episode. And it's sort of like a way to expand and, and sort of uh, drive home whatever the topic was. Um, so check that out at thunktankpodcast.wordpress.com. Um, Last thing here, Patreon. We have some Patreon supporters to thank. Patreon is a way to support us on um, online, basically for as little as $1 an episode, which is about 3 to $4 a month, depending on the month. Um, you can get, uh, well, support us for one, but you'll also get access to um, some bonus material. For now, we have like three or four Drunk Tank episodes up there. That's when we just keep rambling after an episode and... Um, 
drink more beer. And so those are pretty funny. And you can get full access to those at patreon.com slash thunk tank podcast. So uh, here's one of our Patreon uh, thank you toasts. We have a thank you toast to Kara and to Drew and to Brett. I don't want to use last names, so we're just going to keep it at first names. And then for Kara, you also have two other levels of um, fucking like reward tiers that you've overpassed by being such a a Patreonic pa- pa- Patreon supporter. That that's not a sentence. Um, so basically, I have a Turkish poem here as a way to say thank you for you, Kara. Um, here goes: Gülar kulmuzudur, menekselar mor, ayaklarım telliyor ve leleklar zipliyor. Baş yaptığınız için teşekkür ederiz. Kertekelerin takla atı bir dünyada hepinizi görmek isteriz. Okay, and I'll give you the translation just because obviously that was roses are red, violets are blue, my feet are sweating, and storks are jumping. Thanks for your donation. Hoping to see you all in a world where lizards are doing backflips. So folks, you, you don't donate at $5 per episode and you'll get uh, a crazy Turkish poem like that. Um, and also, Kara, you get as a $9 an episode contributor, you get to author a would you rather. So you got to uh, let Johnny know a would you rather that you want us to do. And pending uh, Johnny Genie's uh, approval with the Genie Council for the would you rather, that'll be on the next episode. Um, so yeah, genuine gratitude for everyone listening. We have a lot of fun making this and we want to continue it. So consider supporting us as Joe kind of says in his slurred craft beard, drunky, buzzy voice, like, share, and subscribe. Um, all right. So enjoy this episode on teaching. Attention humans. This is a thunk tank. Please insert this podcast directly into your nearest orifice for viewing pleasure. Okay, you ready? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Thunk Tank. (laughs) Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Welcome, come into our, come into our Thunk Tank. Luke, don't switch (laughs) to the other peanuts. (laughs) Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Come in the tank. We're thinking, and we're thinking, <laughs> and we're thunked, and we're thunked. Oh my god, I'm probably more beer than man if we go far enough back at this point. I think uh, we, we might have second doggo. We got new doggo at, at the uh, studio. Double might. doggo. We, double not only doggo, do we have so double doggo, we have double go-go on the thunk thunk tank tank. Go ahead, try to finish that uh, sentence, Luke. All right, yeah. I think Luke's having a stroke. Um, welcome uh, to the Thunk Tank. Oh, my God. It's well, been a while. I was just mentioning... I'm I, was ru- just mentioning du- I just wanted to mention Double Doggo because there might be random barking in the background of this episode. We are crate training the new doggo, so she is not in pain, but she is a, a loud bitch. Look at, look at this this guy tra- you training wanna... dogs while he's podcasting. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. If I do just one thing, I get bored, you know? Yeah, he's drinking, he's podcasting, he's training dogs. He's I'm a drinking, Johnny Genie of all trades. Sure am. 
So it, it's been a while since we thunk tanked in this way. Like, I know. We haven't had a, a, an in-studio in studio thunk tank in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to all be together welcome again. Welcome Johnny through yeah, Skype. Sure. <laughs> and I'm back here. <laughs> you are rusty. I can I can feel it. My my thunk gears are rusty. It's been a while since you I've gotta, been in you, the tank. You got to lubricate up. them. The tank is why dry. Why don't you yeah. just Why don't you just hang back, lube up, and let me <laughs> let, let's, let it just happen naturally? Is it know? Is this your it's, job pitch when you go into an interview, Johnny? Yeah, you know this is we're at the nipple flicking phase right now. You know we gotta we gotta tease it a little bit. Get get the, get the. It's amazing the what a nipple going. flick could do. Oh God! This see, is our, this see, is the intro to our teaching stories episode. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, are we doing are we doing that episode? Never mind. <laughs> of uh, course we are. We're well prepared for this, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. How to teach tantric sex, right? <laughs> well, that's that's an option. Um, I suppose there's workshops out so there. So, like, I, share and subscribe. I think usually, like, one of the good things about popping on an intro afterwards to an episode is we usually choose topics. Oh, that's that true. We don't even really know what direction they're going to go in. Um, yeah, we do. I mean, like roughly, I, I you know, you said a few paths of we're where experts it could go in our in head or whatever. But I kind of like our topics because they're so open ended. It's like let's just see where it goes. It's like jelly, like the nuclear weapons episode. Like I don't I, remember I recording I that one. Yeah, you blacked out. Like so, it's like <laughs> yeah, was, go, go well, listen were, back to that here, one, guys. That's why. Yeah. I mean, Joe stays remarkably. Um, coherent it, even it, in blackout it doesn't stage. sound like i'm blacked out but i'm, I'm yeah i'm down deep um i mean that's happened that was, to me a few rough. times i was by myself in my room so um it was kind of trippy and like you mean the new york studio uh new york sub studio our, our satellite satellite studio, studio. yeah, yeah. so this rough episode i guess is going to be teaching teaching philosophy stories. Whole, teaching stories yeah and I think, Johnny, you texted the other day. You were like, what the fuck do I know about teaching? Oh, you know a lot. And Joe was like, yo, you've had a lot of bad teachers. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's right there. That's gold. Yeah, that's gold, baby. Yeah, but just because you've had a lot of botched plastic surgery doesn't mean you know anything about medicine. <laughs> um, you know? Well, yeah, you could, you're an idiot. <laughs> you could extend that to anything Which, about anything. Just because you've yeah. gotten a lot of garbage picked up at, outside your house doesn't mean you know anything about cooking toast. And it's like, wait, right? What, so you I've cook had toast? no, no, but specifically, I've had bad teachers. Doesn't like how does that qualify me in anything? Oh, because the, of the second reason I wanted to do a teaching episode with Joe, which was like teaching stories like all the insanity that i've mopped up as yeah. a teacher there's a lot or of tried it. to mop up or failed at mopping yeah. up like it's it's just it's like a whole world especially i mean we have slightly different teaching experiences joe you teach like yeah well we, we university mostly and we have like very even within there like i've taught in so many different environments sure high schools High school, one-on-one -on -one tutoring. Yeah, tutoring My at libraries, bus stations, back alleys. That one basement that the only locked from the outside. That was weird. You yeah. wonder why that guy brought you in. Oh, you know that basement? Wait, you were there for that seminar? <laughs> that was that private tutoring, right? The guy told you to come back, but he wanted you to come back after dark and preferably no, he like, told me get to dropped come off on his back. Wait, oh, okay. <laughs> that was the tantric said, workshop. Come back and come on my back now. <laughs> oh my god! Jeez, uh, I was um, going. I was going a little different. With all right, it, so uh, the, <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> no, mine. Mine. They were going to be like homeschool shut-ins. Luke just went on to full-on like come over and rape me, Mister Teacher. And it's god. like I don't. I don't. I didn't. Okay. All right, this is a rough Let's start to the teaching episode, but I'm going to leave it in. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Do it live. You'll do it live. This brings we'll, us. We'll, this we'll brings us to our first major issue in modern American education: lack of engagement. <laughs> if you don't feel engaged by the 
uh, horrible visuals that we're presenting, then you're not present. You're not even paying attention. And you, you have to meet the teacher. Am I doing a good job here, Joe? You have to meet the teacher halfway. <laughs> well, could you this, could you imagine, Johnny, like think, think of all the boring classes you've been in. If they had mm-hmm. started with the insanity that you and Luke just went through, would you have paid more attention? Yes. Much more. I would have been much more hyped. That, yeah. That's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. There's but, something, something um, there for sure. Before the specifics, like... So teaching philosophy is just a cool thing. It's something I've been thinking about for 10 years as I just teach. But also the, the, the hilariousness that's of teaching stories word. is what I'm really... Yeah, that's um, good stuff. What did you just whisper, Joe? Pedagogy. What is that? I, was, I, I, don't was, know, I don't know what that is. It's you, a method you, of teaching. Like you would say, oh, his trumpet pedagogy is so genius. Like he has such creative ways to get the yeah, best out it, of his it, students. It's, it's your teaching. It's not just your teaching style. Philosophy it, style. It's, it's your teaching style, but it's also your philosophy of like. Technique even. Yeah. How do you how do you accomplish whatever it is that you perceive to be the goals of education? Sure. You know, specifically within your field. Hey, Worf. Lovely dog. So here. pedagogy is a fancy way of saying all of so, the diarrhea that um, just came out of my mouth. So why don't you just say like it's my lesson plan? Which because everyone knows what that is. Why do you have to be a dick and because you have to pay me more if I call it a well, pedagogy? I actually, I, I and you like don't pay word. me anything because I'm a, a teacher. It's a good word. I, it is I a good know word. It's, saying, it's Johnny, useful. There are some words that um, people just use to be jerks. But lesson plan is for, to. I mean, on a practical level, lesson plan is an actual lesson plan that you bring to a class and teach, whereas pedagogy is something different. Lesson plans are a part of that. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, all right. If you say so. I'm going to be the... The, the uh, pupil? No, the, the idiot. Um, you're not the idiot. No, you're, you're just you're, going to... You're the thoughtful No, like in, in the Socratic dialogues and stuff, I know this much, I think, of education and stuff. There was always like the interlocutor. Like there's different roles. And then there's the idiot whose job was to ask the obvious questions. Oh, so let me explain what, that. What was then the, why the... What was the mention of Socratic dialogues? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that thing. There's always the idiot who, like, you're trying to explain something to an intelligent person who's getting does, it. I think, yeah. And then is there's it? the idiot who, the, who's like, asks the obvious questions to, to, to you know, set up, set him up. I'm the setup guy. I'm the idiot. Also, yes. in like Nietzsche, they they show like the the hyper intellectual person as like a character itself, yeah. and it's as a weakness too. Like, oh, if I you think get it too is sucked into intellect. Yeah. Then it, but it's a weakness. Johnny, to your point, that's a great point because that comes up all to the time. To your point, that's a great point. It is to, to his, both your points. His points circle around. I I'm love my you. point. No, but like that comes up all the time in class where a student will ask something, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, that's so obvious. Why didn't I fucking mention that?" Because clearly, a bunch of people didn't realize this. Didn't realize this either. Mm. And I'll say like, "Oh my god, good thing you mentioned that because actually, it's this." And you can tell a lot of other students they're like, mm, "I don't want to ask that question because I don't want to be the person to ask that question." But often, yeah, that's a big problem in general, right? I never wanted to to ask the question in school. Well, I mean, at, at a certain age, you, I didn't know, either. you get enough confidence. Like, I felt like I was confident enough to to know if my question was stupid or not. Oh, I I didn't. Not until like college. Um, that's what I meant in college. Like, yeah, for sure. I did maybe not like even asking the second questions. Second year of college. I, well, high school's oh, a yeah. fucking zoo, anyways. I just Great needed like a, a year to like yeah. see that other people asked oh forget it by, by like know. my like junior senior year of college i was like so on it well it, it's it also the uh, get there it's also like that tribal instinct like in high school like you know these people the kids you don't want to look stupid in front of them either right because that's your like peer it's a group. much more small college tribe, yeah. yeah college yeah. are just random even if you're at a big school like you have those same kids in that class all year you don't want to be the loser in that class well, well and also my mind doesn't work 
necessarily at the level where I can ask questions in the moment. Like I'm so much better because I, I remember that in grade school and it's something I'm mindful um, about teaching now, even at the college level. Like I, I was always so much better at coming up with questions after a lecture or after a discussion when Maybe I had even hours later, hours later where I'd be like, oh, this is a really good question. And I I like I would want to ask the person after the fact. But like in the moment, I'm like still processing or synthesizing everything. And yeah, well, that's that's happens with everything. Like someone's being a dick and like you had a perfect comeback. But you think of it 20 minutes later. Like, like George Costanza. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Johnny, feel free the to point your uh, camera away from your crotch that you're scratching and up oh, to your sorry. face. There's a dog there before just like hanging. Oh, I, th- oh. I thought that was part of his like allure sure. of being the idiot yeah. asking questions. Oh, I see. <laughs> like we were talking <laughs> to scratch. Oh, so as I scratch my balls, uh, what is a lesson plan? Hey, right. man, it was a hundred degrees outside today. I can scratch my balls if I want. All right. I can scratch my balls if I want to, and I can leave my balls behind. Don't do that. Okay, so no, I like that. Uh, so Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna start by asking you just the definition of teaching. Yeah. In a second, but it's customary on Thunk Tank podcast. We're thinking and drinking and yeah. We gotta we gotta go through the basics, baby. Tanks of of mind tanks of beer mind, and mind other mind flow substances um, more beer ethers fluid oh, yeah caffeine <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're at a late night Johnny. thunk tank um, so bear with us it's probably oh, why we're wandering I'm a exhausted lot. it's uh, <laughs> coming up on midnight we just started I actually worked all day but this it's is really customary tiring. to talk about what beer we're drinking yeah so what do we got um, well what we just had one. Yeah, so we just had the Barrier Hop Dam IPA. I think it's really good. It was lovely. Yeah, it's a double yeah. rye IPA, seven point five percent. I think it's it's one of their better beers I've double had in a while. Double rye. Uh, double yeah, double rye IPA. So it's a double rye IPA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Double a, rye. What, uh, double what rye is that? IPA. Yeah. Yeah. What does the rye taste like? How does it come across in the it's beer? It's smelling really grassy, like. Um, it, it it was really refreshing. I've had like too many of the juice bomb type IPAs in my fridge yeah. lately, and this is a really refreshing change. You're yeah. getting like a different um, personality side of the IPA profile, I think. Yeah. But what like what from the rye? Can you taste that like that spicy rye flavor? Does that come through? Honestly, I I, I, I don't know enough. It's about it's not that so much spicy. I, I think it's just I mean, you've had it, rye bread. You know what rye it's, tastes it's like. It's much like yeah. br- it's much brighter than uh, it, or it's a different kind of it brightness. It had that dryness to rye bread. Maybe, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Like, in, in like how I love it, a good it rye. Didn't linger on your tongue. It, it was just like very. Yesterday it, I had a half of ice in. And then moved on. I had a half of ice in that's normally made with wheat, and it was made with uh, like a rye wheat hybrid uh, called Triticale, and it was so different. It was like a rye, yeah, it was like a rye wheat beer. Half of ice, nice. A half a trit, they called it. It's just fun to say. And Uh, I was, we were going to do this episode last week, and so I I ended up, of course, drinking the beers that I was going to use. Oh, you had some good candidates. I had some good shit. I'll just mention. You know, you know, Luke, they don't. They don't go bad in the cans like you know French fries would. Like I'm not saying um, I I drank them because I was scared they would go bad. It's just it's hard for me to like watch Netflix upstairs and not drink I awesome have, beer. Like, a Vale brewing beer in my fridge, so yeah, you know it's there. Yeah, um, I it's had right Dirt Nap from them and also a beer called Alone. They were both IPAs, very very good. And two things I noticed about Vale. They fill their cans up so fucking high. There's just literally no way to open them really? without spilling beer. That's interesting. You know, like I've never run beer, into like that you, issue. It's just oh, that's huge. Really? Is that for freshness? You think? 
Well, it's partly that. It's also because uh, a lot of places don't buy canning machines anymore. A lot of companies travel with a canning unit, and they'll just charge you huh. per can. Uh, it's a mobile unit like that they just unload off a truck. So you know you might only do a canning release once a month. So they you know that's how often you need it. So that they'll. So it's not their equipment. You know what I mean? Like they don't. It's not something that. If you do a batch, you might fuck up and overfill or underfill it or whatever. Uh, uh, but okay, I figured out what I did. The next time, no, like you know, sure. you just, it's just it's a weird variable. But also for freshness, if there's if if you're not confident in your canning technique to make sure no oxygen's getting in there, then yeah, you gotta. Okay, you, I did you notice know, you their beers age very that well headspace. compared to some other beers that I have a lot. Um, mm. uh, basically, this one beer called Dirt Nap. Uh, over the course of a week, it started to change. I was like, oh, it's different each day. I had like eight of them total. Um, <laughs> not like one night. I mean like over two weeks. <laughs> and uh, by the second week, for a beer like San City, it's normally you're starting to feel the age of it already. Yeah. Same with some Treehouse beers too. Um, and this one got better. It, it, it continued to just Wait, like, was this from uh, Vale? Yeah, it was called Dirt Nap. I think that was where I had that really crazy sour. Oh, yeah. And, like, the first few days after it was They canned. put warnings on their sours. They're like, yo, keep this refrigerated. Otherwise, it's perishable. Oh, There's well, just fruit in here. But that was that was the weird thing because we were worried that it would go bad really quick. So we killed the first one, and we were like, this is insane. It's too sour. And then we had it, like, four or five days later, and it was ten times better. Yeah. Sours, yeah. Sours, so can, you can age because... Uh, first of all, the the sour the bacteria that sours it, if it's like a live sour type thing, like an unpasteurized one of these mm. crafty sour beers that everyone's into, uh, like those microbes will just keep going and the, they they live off of like oxygen, so they'll scrub out any oxygen if you do underfill your body. You know what I mean? If it wasn't mm. like a really well done, so they'll just keep doing doing work, uh, but much much sl- like infinitely slower. Yeah. Uh, but they also uh. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, the the sourness, like the they get the the pH of that shit drops so much, you know. It uh, no, tell us about the pH. Uh, oh, we yeah, I'm gonna save the pH for our beer episode coming up, guys. It's yeah, gonna be got, a science well, and nonsense got, heavy episode. Don't we have two beer episodes? We got like a science of brewing type thing and guide to brewing, just whatever, and also the beer history thing. <laughs> yes, and I plan to have uh experts on each as guests word are you gonna research so yeah so we should hype that up a little bit in these episodes leading up to it. we'll have a brewer on uh i'm gonna have a home brewer too so you get different approaches like professional and uh you know personal or hobbyist type approach mm. and then uh I also have some people in the industry that work in distribution and sales, and they know what like rather than how what goes into making it, what people want, and trends and all that fun shit. Because uh, there's a lot of layers to it, like anything else, wow. you can go as deep as you want into it. So you got yeah. uh, we got a whole beer series episode coming out, and we won't do them all at once, but we'll do uh, we'll do we them can do them interspersed in with our yeah yeah, yeah interspersed with our regular material, so you don't get a palate fatigue of. Beer. <laughs> also, one of the things that, like, thank I, you, Joe. <laughs> I, I think sort of developed when we first started like podcasting. The reason craft beer came along for the ride was sort of like, well, we, know, we were while, drinking it anyways. For a while, potheads had a reputation, like a stereotype of like, <clears throat> oh, I'm eating like Cheetos and watching cartoons. Oh, <laughs> and then like a lot of podcasters, like Rogan's podcast, like made Wait, it. Did a you call thing. him a podcaster? 
podcasters. What? Oh, I, I thought you like podcaster. I, Do you think I said it like that? No, I thought that was like a type of podcast, so like, like Joe Rogan, like, oh, yeah, you know. Oh, the, I'm the, saying that wave of podcasts. Yeah, the foundational podcast. They sort of showed, like, you know what? Fuck, like, NPR-type radio. Yeah. We're going to get stoned out of our mind and just air it on the internet. Yeah. Now, I'm and not it, saying we're doing that. I'm saying we're doing that with beer. Yeah, nobody's – no, people have done it. It's just <laughs> – That's think, not where I thought I, you were I going, think, I think we're the only ones to listen to it so far. <laughs> yeah, people people are listening to us on YouTube though. It turns out I talked to somebody the other night. Who was that? Yeah, that, that's that's where I listen to podcasts. Is YouTube? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I only like, listen yeah, to listen podcasts to on where I have. Yeah, I always have Wi-Fi there, so I'd rather not download something. I'll Fair just point. stream it all on YouTube. So um, I'm, I'm glad it uploads to so, YouTube. Uh, where Joe just mentioned, where we just cracked this new beer. It's called oh. Mirror Universe. It's a it's another. Uh, well, this one's a hazy IPA. I think it's uh, you and your seven point oh percent. So, Good. but just even in in comparison to that rye IPA we just had, this tastes better because we had that rye IPA. Like my I, my, I like the rye better. I love I love the rye better too. But I'm just saying, like I love the contrast more than anything mm-hmm. else. Like if there's I a go lot to it. Hear a bunch of Bach concerts one weekend. I don't want to like go the next weekend to hear more Bach. I want to hear something totally different. I like how you go to the most pretentious. Uh, so that's like, why you went from IPA because to because I want to. I, I want to yeah. relate to the to you comments. You know what I mean. Now flourish your pinkies. I know what you're doing. You're when driving you to work your right beer. now. We're coming through your car speakers right now because you're a loser who drives <laughs> to work and probably is going to go home and drink Heineken and listen to the rest of this. <laughs> Wait, Luke, how do you get to work in a sedan chair? I don't even have a car right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a whole. My other 1992 thing. car died two weeks ago, and I'm trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Basically, oh, uh, that's rough. Yeah, damn. Well, it, it had a full life. Anyways, what are you nah. drinking, Johnny? <laughs> uh, I'm actually drinking a homebrew. Oh, it, it came Johnny out pretty homebrew. well. Yeah, I, I made this one on uh, May 5th. There was a National <gasps> Homebrew Day. That's my. That's my day. It is. Single made, Joe. Made, okay, so this now is my they single know your name and birthday. They're only like a few digits short of uh, identity. L- Luke, what am I total, at this total point? Go ahead, knowledge. steal it. Have fun. But uh, yeah, so uh, we made this in the parking lot of a, of a real brewery because it's it was Big Brew Day, which is like National Homebrew Day. It's the first Saturday in oh, May. Oh, yeah, I saw pictures And uh, of that. they do a big brew nice. across, they call it that, because there's simultaneous brews that go on across the country, and you all do a toast at the same time. Uh, to the guy that organized it, who's like still around, um, Charlie Papazian. He's pretty big figure in hoe brewing. Oh, great! But, guy, like yeah. he's still just like a dude you can meet at a festival and be like, "Hey, and like, cool. hey, what's up? What you drinking?" Like he's like a normal. How to come like, out, dude? Uh, came out really well. It's uh, an unintentionally hazy because <laughs> I don't uh, use fine agents. Really, I, my beers don't last that long. That well, I need well to what do you mean by unintentionally life. hazy? Like what? Well, like I didn't throw flour in it, or like you know. I mean, most hazy Overly beer doesn't have flour get, in it. Well, a lot of the haze is uh, like protein, spoilage proteins that add to the body, but the beer doesn't last as long. That's why those hazy IPAs, you got to drink them fresh. Are they un- are those, they unfiltered too? Is that part yeah, of it? Or, yeah, well, pretty much all craft beer is unfiltered. Because I know um, that's something that like a lot, like uh, like that's what Sculpin does now. They have the unfiltered and it's like really popular. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, so so instead there. of filtering they'll use like gelatin or fish bladders or seaweed or something Ugh. as a, like as a fining agent to get all the like proteins to just cling to it and they'll drop out to clear the beer up. But you don't need a filter to do that. Th- those are different things. Oh, I but say. let me just like okay. just correct so but it's, you're saying that they use a certain compound like whatever protein as a filter of sorts because they don't want to use a standard way of filtering. 
Yeah, and so it's called fining. Filtering and fining are uh, no, 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 no. Totally wrong. <laughs> well, at least we knocked that out of the list. Because I'm saying, as far as I understood it, the haze was a result of a brewing method, and not yeah. like something. I mean, I'm sure there are fakery. No, so it's called that, it's like, called chill haze, and it's proteins. It's proteins from your malt or your wheat or whatever your malt uh, that. When it gets cold, it comes out of solution. It's not in the water anymore. It pops out of the solution. Like when you try to stir sugar or salt into water, yeah. you know, it gets cloudy first before it dissolves. Mm. So it comes out of solution. And uh, and then if it warms up again, it'll go back in. It'll clear up. And then you chill it, and it'll chill again. Every time that happens, uh, they'll, they precipitate out. Sometimes they stay out of solution permanently or they're spoiled. Those are the proteins that will go bad. and They're not going to hurt you, but they ruin the flavor of your beer. And Very that's why quickly, you can get yeah. like... Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. He's if you've ever gotten a, us, Luke. a craft beer that's shitty. Oh shit, I am. Uh, I'm almost done. Rolling. Yeah, I'm almost done. But so my homebrews, I don't really bother with finding agents because they don't ship from my house. They get drank within a month usually. So then, what turned I this do one small hazy. batches? That that I didn't I I didn't use anything to oh so they have finding those proteins that will come out when it gets cold. Yeah, you you add something that will grab those proteins and keep them from going back into solution and then they'll just drop to the bottom of the tank and then you get clear beer on top i see so you can use stuff that just seaweed they called the irish moss there guinness uses mm. fl- fish or used to use fish bladders that's why uh some beer certain beers aren't vegan technically because they use fish products sure. yeah uh, well, don't they all use you can yeast, use you is- can use yeah but that's a fungus so vegans are okay with killing funguses those hypocrites um yeah they but, don't think Fungi have souls. Yeah, you can use. They make these little plastic balls. You can use. I forget <laughs> that what they're called. Intense look. <laughs> There's these little plastic balls that will grab them. A big um, fungi. Yeah, I usually like use a seaweed. <laughs> I am a big fun guy. But um, so anyway, so it's it's not a hazy IPA, but it, it is hazy. But it's not that style of a hazy IPA. It's just an IPA. So you can fucking uh, teach, dude. Um, yeah, you got this. You just taught me a ton of shit about proteins. Look so, at that. So here we are. But totally out of context. You're not going to remember. You're out of context. We might forget to uh, (laughs) mention when we crack another beer. But listen closely to the background of the recording because you will hear that like. And then we will link it in the description. We we do always link to our beers that we're drinking. Well, not always. And um, I'm drinking my next beer. I'll just I'll just tell you because it's on tap. You're not going to hear the Katra. Sure. Uh, I got a keg of that body electric from Wise Man. Oh, Oh, dude, that's my favorite IPA there. Dude, that was my favorite beer we had down there. Yeah, I drove down to the brewery, uh, Wise Man Brewing Company in North Carolina, and I I got a keg of their body electric uh, double IPA. Did you just say you drove down to North Carolina? No, I drove down to the brewery in North Carolina. Yeah, um, Johnny, when I was visiting you and we we visited that brewery, that was by far my favorite beer there. Yeah. Body Electric. I I agree. Um, Yeah, and that's a hazy IPA. It's a good idea. But it's not anywhere close to like like the haze craze level of haze, and and I kind of liked it for that reason. It was just like... It was just popping with the same. Well, it's not it, like like you're pointing out. It's not trying to like mingle with the haze crowd. It's just it's doing its haze thing. Yeah. It's body electricing and it's getting it done. Yeah. In great a name very too. good way. Great name. Fantastic. Great can too. They right. got they got some good names. It's got aesthetic. Let's it's get got to the taste. Topic. <laughs> I like how you're like, 
All right. All right, children. The class has begun. Sit the fuck down in your seats. <laughs> I would love to have Johnny as a guest lecturer in one of my classes. <laughs> I'll Honestly, do it. <laughs> I know you we will. We were talking in last episode, like in the, we were talking about higher education, yeah. right? And it's like, oh, like, you know, how many people would learn more by just going out into the world? Yeah. Right? Like, that's kind of like, yeah, you could spend, let's say, uh, an hour, whatever, uh, lecture talking about, like, grammar rules yeah but it'd probably be more valuable if you just told johnny to come in and say the shit he's learned from life thus far like and well, just it, ramble it, just like get really stoned and ramble <laughs> about like what you've learned. or at least open with that right it would right. be it would be more memorable right i mean that's definitely speaking to pedagogy as we defined earlier um that's definitely part of it is the fact that I mean, however I can manage it, the one thing I don't want to do when I teach is be boring. Because, and I think that this is something that escapes, I mean, I don't want to speak for like other teachers or professors or whatever, but I just remember in in other classes throughout my, you know, whether it's not so much college experience, but certainly grade school experience, just boring material, but even worse, boring teachers yeah, who that, just didn't care, didn't care about the material, didn't care about you, didn't care about themselves even. And it just, it, it like spirals from there, It was right? like a puppet that had no energy. And then you're just like, why are you like, if yeah. you're not even going to make your hand yeah. go like, bah, 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 I'm like, yeah. I'm a puppet. And you're just like, well, I'm supposed to do this. It, it yeah. looked like, you know, like, I hate sometimes when you see someone working a shitty job right yeah. in front of you and it makes you feel bad. Like, you know, you see like, you're yeah. getting food somewhere and you just see like the the janitor just doing some bullshit and yeah. they just have that sluggish yeah. walk about them and low energy it's like when when you see a teacher with that kind of energy it's so depressing well to and you know something that you mentioned too that kind of stands out to me this idea thinking about you know n- not just teaching that's like engaging but like teaching that means something like that actually like really means a lot to me. And one of the things that I do in my class or I, I try to do, I mean, I, I think I would try to do it in, in any class, but um, oftentimes I'll start classes with kind of just writing exercises. And a lot of times I try to make them what I call real world exercises. So I'll come in with um, say like this email, like this is what I did the other day in class. I came in with this email uh, and I said, you know, I do my announcements, my housekeeping type stuff. And then I say, all right, so uh, today I just want to start with something a little different. That's how I always start. I say, oh, I'm going to start with something a little different. And it's like when you start <laughs> Thunk Tanks and you're like, guys, be- this is the best episode. Best episode ever. Best episode yeah. you've ever listened yeah. to. Best um, episode yet. Yeah. That way. Yeah. So, so it's I, true each time. It's true every time. Yeah. Um, and this one's the same, best. Same thing with my lesson plans. <laughs> Fuck you. And uh, <laughs> that's what I tell them. And so uh, like the, the other day I, I brought in, um, I said, guys, I got this fantastic email the other day. Um, but I, you know, I, I just want to run it by you guys because I want to know what you guys think. Like, do you think this is a good investment? And they're all kind of like, what, you know, like, cause they were just expecting me to like start babbling like, about Dude, grammar. Like, we're at summer school. Yeah. Like, and, but then they're like, all right, let's check it out. And it's the most poorly written scam email about how, like, you know, uh, this dick enlargement, this client of mine uh died and he has many good millions of dollars and i would like to share the good millions of dollars with you because you both have the same surname and like 
if you give me your credit card information, I can like, you know, route the money to you, but like you have to do it now or don't bother responding to me. And it's just like, there's all these flaws in like logic that you can go through and they kind of laugh while they read it. But I tell them it's so obvious, right? So I do this though, after I've, I've talked to them about like rhetorical strategies. And when I say rhetorical strategies, I mean like strategies of persuasion. So I talk about like the author's credibility, the the author's logical reasoning and the author's emotional appeal. And I say, well, if you notice anything that's an issue with those points, you know, just mark where you notice that. And then they go through and they say, oh yeah, this makes the author not seem credible. This, you know, doesn't seem like very clear logical reasoning. You know, him demanding that he does this seems like an an emotional appeal that is a little exaggerated. Yeah. And the the point being in that example is obviously this is an exaggerated example, but in a better, more well-written scam email, you might notice one of these issues or like in in another type type of writing. Or it's really... um you might say poignant now in 2018 with just the amount of news that's out there and sorting through what is real reporting, what is just hit piece reporting, because they, they often have giveaway signs. Yeah. Emotional appeal things that yeah. that you're like, wait, well, wh- that's, what does that have to do with the and, issue? And so that's exactly it. Like, yeah. that's what I tie it into. And the whole point is that, you know, to your point earlier of like, oh, aren't you better just going out in the real world and you know, figuring shit out and, you know, learning through experience. It's like, yes, there's a lot to be said for that. But my point with something like that, and and there's a lot of other activities that I do like that, like I'll I'll do like how to, here's a parking appeal. I do another one called uh, uh, Professor Jekyll and Professor Hyde. Uh And they're two parking appeal requests. Oh, yeah. yeah, And and one is like really well written. And you can say like, oh, yeah, I established my credibility. I try to connect with like, you know, the parking appeal person by saying like, you know, look. I respect your job. I know. Oh, exactly and the other is yeah. just like yo like i ain't paying this ticket anyways man like don't bother charging me right. because of these reasons like you, you can't touch my car that's illegal and they notice all the and my point is that like any one of those flaws if you slip up with those in other arguments in your real life people are gonna they're gonna call you out on it sure so like it does apply to real world um applications in that sense so how to manipulate people the, no i the hear other you. thing yeah. no <laughs> there's a lot isn't it isn't joe, that true though no i mean yeah like, like, joe the yeah the thing that jumped out i mean the, about that would be like when you see one of those scam emails you just know you don't have to go through that yeah. exercise you could just see and be like uh this was written by someone who doesn't speak english let alone is legitimate uh, you know you realize instantly you might not even go through all those, so i like that it makes people do that because if you do just go out in the world and learn shit, it's like, well, you might learn how, like, what to do at the right time, but you don't know why. And that's a big, sure, it's well, a big yeah. argument for education. Yeah, right? there, there's a there's not a, how to do something, but yeah, also there's a deeper you know, why. There's a deeper, yeah, exactly. There's a deeper lesser lesson of internalization of these sort. Like you say, like, well, why do you why do you know that there's a problem there? And it's like if you can break it down categorically by like assessing like the credibility or the logical reasoning or the emotional appeal. It's the same thing that I do when I teach research. It's like, yeah, you can't just say an opinion and say, well, because I believe this or I feel this. That reminds me of... You got got to give more. Even you, we have very different musical training backgrounds and ears and whatnot, but you could hear the New York Philharmonic and hear the difference between that and, let's say, a decent college orchestra, right? Yeah, right. You'd be able to tell, like, oh, shit, that's badass. But you yeah. might not be able to say exactly how or why it's badass. Totally, whereas yeah. a musician could be like, 
did you hear the brass? Like they were just like perfectly in tune. Their fifths are just like locked in. Or I could, you know. e- I could even get to the point where I could point out like, oh, that brass is killing. Sure. But, but I wouldn't be able to know the technical elements behind it. Right. Yeah. And my brain would be flooded with those because yeah. that's where I've spent my time. And even just what you're saying about like rhetoric now, you know, I, I was, I, when I said the thing about the parking attendant, like I was like, oh, you need to recognize his job is legitimate. Like, yeah. Like, I just came up with that because I just, I hit the simulation in my own brain. I was like, oh, like, how would I do that? I was like, well, I have to put myself in this guy's shoes. He's working a job where all day he gives tickets. Yeah. And very regularly people complain. So I'm just one of those complainers. How am I different from any of them? Am I the same case, like, where I'm just complaining? Do I have a legitimate thing to say? Like, it's really just the ability to separate your one consciousness into many branches well, and, and, and like see how the information and you're that, saying. And that's the interesting part. And that's why I do the Professor Jekyll and the Professor Hyde because the Professor Jekyll, the Professor Hyde is what you really feel and you really want to say. But the Professor Jekyll is how you get what you really want. And Jekyll's has that, has that coyness to it that's like, oh, I'm going to make sure I don't reveal too strongly exactly how i feel right and instead craft it into a very but what what a nuance but what a what a value like how much of a valuable tool is that to be able to like recognize so it's like and when you make it conscious you 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 realize i can actually hone this skill i teach writing by the way i don't know i don't know (laughs) if i said that on this episode yet (laughs) they might just be like who is this like math professor who just goes off the rails with like crazy like persuasive strategies i guess no i teach writing I mean, he teaches. Uh, he he teaches a uh, uh, ladies like one of those pickup artist type classes, oh God. Um, but specifically for, for can I specifically for men that are trying are gold digging men. So it's men trying to find wealthy older like cougar types. I believe oh. the the usually term. just when they're about to retire from parking ticket. Um, <laughs> right, right. Careers. Yeah, it's no, a growing no, yeah, market. To, to show, yeah. the baby boomers mm-hmm. are getting old. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so he teaches this in. Um, it's uh, actually an old Kmart basement. Um, that's that's they have, where it would they, be. They yeah. have extra folding chairs if you guys want to come to a class. It's going to be great. Um, so I want to get. <laughs> Did back I make to that? The... Was that too real? No, he really does teach writing. Sorry. <laughs> That was my creative writing exercise. Uh, yeah. How did I do teach? You're, you're, you're passing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Johnny would pass your creative writing class. Just Johnny like. would pass my creative writing pl- class with flying high colors. Um, so uh, I mostly have I teaching up, experience from, from teaching private music lessons, and it, it is a very different probably experience than you've had, Joe. But, oh, yeah. Te- uh, teaching private is... I just wanted to... I, I had a quote from for that I was trying to get in earlier. Um, you were talking about just like how uninterested you were as a student throughout your life. Yeah. And by the way, half the Most perspective you have on being a teacher is the fact that by definition, you were probably a student for a lot of your life yeah. before you became and, a teacher. And not a great one. And for me, because I was teaching private music lessons for the past 12 years even yeah. at this point, um, for most of those, I was a student and a teacher at the same time. So I got to sort of yeah. play around with definitions and just kind of figure out what is it that a teacher really does. Yeah. And I realized if I'm a so student, many different types. Yeah, especially if I'm a student. Especially right? that. Yeah. yeah, I had both perspectives too. Yeah. So anyways, uh, this physicist I follow named Lawrence Krauss, um, he, he was... Great was guy. Watching, well, he's in a little bit of trouble right now with the Me Isn't Too Isn't he thing. a racist or a sexist <laughs> or something? What is he in trouble with the internet for? Uh, I, I, I take racist, that back. I take that back, world he, stage. He, he had a Me Too... 
he got caught up in the Me Too wave. Did it, he really? It, he diddler? What did he do? He honestly, I, I read his account of it, and it seems like um, Go ahead, Luke. he could be on the the raw end of a of a bad kind of. Um, All right, so Luke is a rape apologist. Let's get back to your story. <laughs> what was the same this, time uh, like? I, what I was could your see hero it being doing? True, so I'm 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 remaining very. Um, <laughs> Null hypothesis. How on about this? this? A guy said His this. His quote is good, yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah you're a, really so, selling it, Luke. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean it's. <laughs> here's the quote: "The biggest mistake a teacher can make is to assume that the students are interested in what they're saying." And I think so many teachers they don't have empathy, and I'm not saying they don't have the skill of empathy, but just that they're not practicing it well, in their Luke, job to, enough to throw, to to throw it back at you. People aren't interested in what they're saying. Yeah, I don't even think they care, Sorry. most teachers. To, to, to throw it back to you, though, is if they do care and they're all jazzed up and they realize half the class isn't even looking at them or listening, like they're on their phone, like that's got to be really dejecting. And then they end up yeah. like that person that's you were my saying. Life, dude. Yeah. But I have that, to, yeah, but they, then they end up like that person you were saying that ends up just going. You see them doing their job, like the you know janitor or something that just is like I don't give a fuck, like just throwing shit around. But that's it's just, like then you get those teachers who don't care about their jobs because they they know no. Well, you don't care, so why should I care? Fuck you. Well, yeah. so you're only one, here because you have like to be. So am I. Commons, right? It's sort of like why should I care? Everybody's fucked, kind of like logic. But it's also like. I mean, that's what I deal with all the time. It's like, but it's so hard too. Teaching. I'm is, not saying it's easy, by the way. I'm teach, just saying teaching that, is like, like a hard. How's that job different to from do? anything else in life? You're going to bring a spirit of genuine energy that you 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 want to you know promote good in the world. Like uh, like when you when you get down to the nitty gritty, like a lot of what you do, if you're a good person, is just small things that you want to create good. And the funny part is, as you try to do those, you sometimes create bad, right? You sometimes, it gets fucked up, and then people say, like, oh, that's just because you're an asshole, you did a bad thing or something, because yeah. you have bad motives. And if you have enough times where you had a good motive, let's just use the teaching example again, I bring a completely genuine energy, I just want to help somebody and, like, fix their playing problem, whatever the situation is. And they just shut me down. And I have about right now three, four students that I feel like I have to put a hazmat suit on emotionally mm. before I teach them. Yeah. Because what they do is they trick me. And I, I don't know if this is conscious or not. It's probably not. It's just kids being kids. like. But they're so good out. at it. But they trick me they're into, so into engaging again and, and really caring and, and trying to solve it. And then just when we might actually solve something – they just sort of power down and remind me that they're not actually trying. Yeah. And well, like, well, they're they, they doing were playing, it tongue in cheek. They were you know? playing a game at that moment. They were playing a game. They were bored. Yeah. And they played a they game. They were with bored like and had to be there. Right. So, how many good intentions, Johnny? The question you were asking was basically like, how many times can a teacher bring genuine energy and good intentions to a situation, have it destroyed by kids? And if you're a high school teacher or above, even middle school, Kids are smart enough to destroy you, and so yeah. it's like, what character are you going to be? Not only are they not only are they smart enough to destroy and... you, they're they're brutal enough to destroy you. Yes, and and they, they'll take pleasure in it. They'll love it. They'll relish in it. Well, it in a way, but they're also just not even thinking about it that deeply. But is it's it just boredom too? Isn't, isn't that, that little scarier psych- though? <laughs> but isn't that little psychopath? Like, I'm scared of that. 
in a large group, isn't that little psychopath helping to teach the rest of the kids being like, oh, like I didn't, I didn't like it that now that person feels bad. Like I remember the times that the uh. class pushed the teacher to cry, and the few asshole kids would be like, yeah, we did it, yeah. like or get the substitute to freak out about it. Yeah, I would feel weird and bad because I was me developing empathy and being like, ooh, this is new, and I don't think I like it. And it happens right. enough times, you're like, yeah, I definitely don't like it. So Dude. then some real shit goes down. You're like, oh, this is wrong. Or there this was is a right. middle school yeah. band teacher that like some unspoken like like little kid ape like hive mind the group turned somehow on her. decided yeah. that the group was just gonna turn on her i remember that and, i was in that band and so people started doing awful things and just like emotionally just like like making her just regret ever wanting to be a human base it was like intense and then even like the smart people in the that would normally be the goody two shoes kind yeah. of like well they, they got in on it too yeah and you know how they got in it they would raise their hand and be like uh don't you mean an f natural <laughs> you know <laughs> like just correct in some kind of like well because she she actually sucked so she couldn't control the group because if you're a good teacher you could get you know the good kids that want to learn to turn on the bad kids sure you know be like you're ruining this for us too but she lost everyone like, that's, gonna, that's a but she lost everyone because she wasn't competent and then somebody and locked she wasn't her in a fun, closet Oh my they God. did lock they, her in a closet they for a while. trombone under the doorknob. Oh, my God. And the whole thing is just warming up, and so we you just... can't hear anything. She's banging on the door saying, let me out. And we're all just warming up. We're like, where's the teacher? She didn't show up. And there was that moment where we did stop. There's that moment dark. Yeah, there's a moment where, because I remember that. There's a moment where we stopped warming up, and you could hear her banging on the door. <laughs> and, like, oh nobody God. gets up right away. Fuck you, you know, guys. There's that, like, who wants to be the one that gets up and yeah. turns against the mob mentality? And Somebody did. It might they have went been up and me. Let her out. The memories, like, kind of. I think you were on the end there because you were first. I was. Or I last was chair. I think I was like second trumpet or something. So I. I, I don't. I don't know. It, but that, the whole situation was cruel. And what I'm trying to say is, like, you know, there is a breaking point for everyone. Yeah. And as a teacher myself, I've. You know, you. The point of that quote, I would say, is that like never assume people are interested. And also assume that if someone's bored, it's your fault. Well, there's there's two different things there, and and it's the idea that teaching is m- more than about just expertise. Like it's not enough just to be an expert in something. And you see this problem especially in higher ed professors who might be geniuses or might be the most knowledgeable people in their field, but their interpersonal skills leave a lot to be desired. Right? Yeah. And, they don't connect with people. They don't. Yeah. And, and that's as, if not more important in a lot of contexts. I mean, even at the college level, like I remember having instructors who uh, you would just be like, what is this? What is this guy doing? Like, what? Like, what is your life mission? Like, are you interested in this topic? Exactly. Are you trying to get me interested? Or, or Do you like, care? yeah, are you even interested in the fact that you have to be in this room? And if the answer is clearly not by your body language and just your your speech patterns, like that's going to that's going to rub off on on me as a student. So there's something about you know the I don't like the the idea of calling it like the performance aspect of it, but it's it's an interpersonal like, you know, sort of um not production, but you know, taking in a room, right? And yeah. kind of feeling out the vibe and feeling out all right, how do I how do I manage all of this chaos in here that that's hard as fuck to do so yeah especially that's, on the on the group dynamic like well especially level. like like going back to grade school that's why i don't teach grade school like i don't think i could i'm not sure i could it's I'm not really sure hard what i i know and i think the same thing about myself when i think of of 
like what would it be like to have a kid i think yeah. to myself i would be really really good at it until it broke me and i stopped doing it like but like, w- but would, would you know you, like if would i you taught break? if i taught second i mean i don't know i mean luke would you just snap you little fuck and kick one of them one day and be like oh i'm going to I just, how many kids does on top luke of my career this i just don't know because like i you know <laughs> Right now, the way I I teach and the way I structure yeah. my like relaxed time and ratio to that is like, I, I I mean I've learned a lot over the years from teaching, and one of the lessons I've had to learn is when to not try, and that's a hard thing to, to to with with teaching. Yeah, yeah. because there there's a reality like. Um, I, I, I sometimes teach 10 students in a row and private lessons are... Well, you, you teach, like, what, what age range do you teach? Because that makes a huge difference in it how does. you approach and, it. And, and the range is partly the problem. I can't get on one wavelength. Like, I'm often yeah. teaching, like... Oh, you jump around? Four-year-old piano yeah. lessons and then... That's rough, dude. You know... It's rough enough even, like, at the college... Someone in college. Yeah, even at the college... That's rough because even at the college level, like, at any given moment, like, next week I'm doing individual conferences where i meet with students one-on-one yeah and even then where they're all i I mean you have some students who are you know seniors or whatever but like most of my students are freshmen sophomore but they're even as just freshmen sophomores their individual needs are so different from one to the next so jumping from like a grades like you say like a, a fourth grader or however old to college level that's a big shift that's a yeah. big adjustment because at, at any given age level you're gonna find the the needs of like what these students um need to accomplish versus maybe what they think they're trying to accomplish might be very different from and, one student to the I, next i i just mentioned it earlier that like i think a big component to teaching is empathy yeah and what well I, I think that's the key like starting point in a lot of ways and if you and don't it's, have that it's especially difficult because the idea and this is often not the case but it's the idea that um as a teacher you're an expert right so basically as a good teacher i'm just going to use the specific example of trumpet playing which is um what i do so i know something feels easy and is easy for me on trumpet now Mm -hmm. and i'm looking at someone who can't do it so if i'm going to try and figure out what is stopping them from doing it i have to like put myself in the state of mind of someone who can't do it well that sounds pretty expert to me no, what what I'm saying is that's a hard thing to learn how to do is but, to like genuinely empathize but, and figure but out. my what point is, is, what? How are they seeing this? But that's more. I see it as going. Yeah. And they see it as like, what the fuck do I? But that's even to do? me in, in terms of teaching, like that's more important than being an expert or whatever. You, I would say so. Whatever you would define as an expert, you know, one thing that comes up. It's funny too because. I was talking to somebody earlier today about this. I forget. I keep forgetting the phrase, but it's this term for when you think that like you're a fraud at something. Where like I I I gotta look it up, but it's basically this idea where people are like, "Oh, you're like an expert. You're good at this," and you're like, "No, I know nothing." Sure. You know, you devalue yourself, and and I do that a lot um, myself. And it's healthier to err on that side than to be like. Oh, I think so, as long as you don't and, let it. And just, please just, call me Doctor Expert. Doctor Sir know? Esquire, please. <laughs> well, as long as you don't let it like bring you down or like destroy you or whatever, like negatively. As long as it doesn't. As turn long as you dark. don't have an inferiority complex. Yeah, where God, where right. it where it hinders your your yeah. ability. In other words, know your competence. Uh yeah you know? yeah. 
uh, exactly. And but it's honestly like know it honestly. Don't know no, it honest. inflated or well, deflated. Well, and part of that is recognizing that you don't know everything, right? And so like students will come to me and they'll for you, yeah. <laughs> well, especially <laughs> for me, uh, but students will come to me like all the time, and they'll be like, not all the time, all no, all the time. Trump, every time, all the time, all the time, every single, every all kid. the students, every last one, they love me. All the kids in they hate you, the losers. China, China, um, but they, uh, yeah, they'll say, you know, oh, oh, like, yeah, I like, I can't believe, like, you know, so much, like, you're such a good writer, because I'll like show them, like, you know, sometimes in office hours we'll get off on tangents and sure. we'll start exploring things. You and go different off on ideas. things, and they're like, oh, you can riff. Yeah, or I'll show, but I'll show them like some of my own writing and works, and they're like, "Wow, you're su- such like a great writer," and blah blah blah. And like honestly, to me, I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a good writer. Like I'm a terrible writer. And the thing that I tell them is, um, and and this has like become so true over the years. And I think it's, it's kind of the, at the core of my teaching philosophy, maybe, which is, and, and I tell them this directly. I say, um, you only think I'm a better writer than you because I've been failing at it longer than you have. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's true of like any skill, right? Like you could probably say the same thing about trumpet. Like the only way you get better is to learn from, learn from your mistakes or learn from trial and, and further practice. Right. Literally. Um, uh, uh, I, there's a cool definition of practicing, yeah. And you you could put this onto other things. It just it just happens to map onto like the motor skill performance of of playing an instrument. Right, which is very specific. Um and here's the definition. It's like it's like a cool sentence and I say it to like advanced enough students when like I think they can handle it. So it's practicing is the purposeful repetition of accuracy. Oh, I like that. Well, so, if you're teaching it depends on what you're teaching, what if you're teaching improv? <laughs> well, you know, um, the, the pre- replication of fucking up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the mm-hmm. idea is like, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Off- what if what if what if you're trying to teach people how to test things uh, or how to test failure points for medals and stuff? <laughs> what if you're testing teaching metal fatigue test? <laughs> hmm? You know, you got me there. You know, my my definition for little Bobby in fourth grade playing trumpet really doesn't carry as much weight as I thought it used to. <laughs> or yeah, as the local little improv Bobby. class would have you to believe. Bobby fucking up trumpet. I, I'm going to I'm going to slip in my first uh, funny teaching story. I had a oh, kid yeah, show up um if, like a young God. trumpet player and he was clearly wearing his dad's sneakers. <laughs> and I was like Wait, because they were just too big. They were gigantic. They looked like clown sneakers on him. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, uh, what's up with your shoes? Like, Wait, you actually opened with that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, like, one of the ways great, I've learned dude. to maintain a healthy, good energy with teaching kids yeah, you mean is sanity. to just play with them. Like, I just mm. make it goofy. Like, they're tripping balls. Kids yeah. are just tripping their yeah. balls. Right. They're kid balls off and, and yeah uh, looks like uh 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 <laughs> going a bad direction here change tact <laughs> no but I, <laughs> hard to pour i see what you're, see what you're saying like yeah, you need, so you, you need you kinda, to be able to do that yeah, like just get silly and like while yeah. asserting like authority or expertise especially like, like in the yeah. beginning of a lesson yeah sure kids walk in and they're getting their instrument out and you're just kind of asking them like what'd you learn in school like oh you're talking about the dinosaurs have you heard that thing about like blah and you just do something random for a few minutes and it gets their brain like clear yeah. a little bit or and and furthermore it gets them thinking like cool like pointing sure. at you like yeah cool oh he's cool yeah and and so mm. i say uh what's up with your shoes like 
those look like gigantic. Are those like your dad's shoes? He's like, no, no, they're mine. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, not buying oh, it. I, I just, that doesn't seem reasonable. He's like, I got big feet. I'm like, <laughs> no, you got big shoes on. And and then I thought to myself, does he have that kind of like small hand complex, like the lawyer from Always Sunny or some shit like that? Oh, he's got like a small foot complex. So then, yeah. and this, this is one of my favorite things about teaching kids is like when you ask them a question, when you when you talk to most adults, you'll you expect an answer that makes sense and satisfies what your question really was. So I asked him mm-hmm. one more time. I was like, but those shoes are gigantic. They have to be like about a size 12. Oh, wow. Like, like, are those your dad's shoes? Like, what what is going on with that? <laughs> and his response was, I don't do half sizes. <laughs> and uh. I was like... All right. Well, uh, looks like your trumpet's ready to go. Let's play a C scale. I don't do half sizes. I don't sizes. do half sizes. How, what's the translation for that? <laughs> I don't have one. Maybe he just decided that and he was at like a six and a half and he's like, well, I can't do that anymore. I'm a, I'm a full number <laughs> I'm a guy. Full 12. So yeah, the, only, the, only, the only size. Only. That's what he should have said. I rounded up The only size shoe in the house is a 12. That's even. You know, I guess I got my shoe I don't size do now. Halves. Yeah. So you, Maybe he is 12, and he thinks that your shoe size and your age your should age, be linked. Yeah. Maybe some kid told him that. Remember, you used to just make shit up as a kid, or That's a kid crazy. would make something up and just come into school and tell you it? Like, you know? Right, yeah. Like, you know, if you pee inside a girl, she'll get pregnant. And you're like, yeah, that's totally how it happens. That was a classic sure. middle school Checks question. Out, you would yeah. say, like, how, what's, how do you know if you're peeing inside of a girl? And they're like, oh, like, <laughs> there's a shutoff valve. I'm like, is yeah, there? Oh, <laughs> good question. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be sure. Is there a button I need to press? That's got to be yeah. the worst thing to teach is, like, like teaching, like, the sex ed, the sex ed to, like, middle school well, That's kids. what I've always wondered. Like, what kind of person do you have to be to do that? You just have to go through the curriculum and not – I, what I'm trying to say is you you, you no, do it I, I, without I, being a real no, teacher. No, because like I you, you I, just read it and then whether no, they understand or not, you kind of just move no. But on I feel like I feel like because I remember like now you throw a bunch of frozen bananas on the desk, a pile <laughs> of condoms, and you go go. No, because I remember it. <laughs> frozen bananas. <laughs> frozen bananas. I remember like yeah. health class in like grade school, and it was like I I don't I don't know if it was like the best class I had, but I think it was the most like. There was something about it where, like, just, like, the teacher, like, I didn't even really like my health teacher in grade school, but, like, I, I kind of, like, he was the one that I had the least problem with. Cause no, I know what you, I, I, I was, I was half kidding. Like, I'm sure lots of people teach that subject completely legitimately, and it's, oh, well, a, it's a need to teach subject because you can't really guarantee that they're going to get information like that. From home, I guess, right? Well, you know, you know how you, you know how you can have safe sex, Luke. No sex, you whore. Why don't you wait till you're married? Can we bring Johnny in for for our health seminar? I feel like he'd be better in Joe's writing seminar than in the middle school health seminar. I, w- I would say so. Maybe start him in at the so, college writing level. Yeah. First thing, <laughs> Joe, promoted. if you're gonna have me be, if, yeah. I, if I'm gonna be a guest lecturer, yeah. Um, first person that takes their phone out, I'm throwing my coffee on them. It like in their eyes. In there, yeah, it was like front row. You take your phone out. I'm throwing my hot coffee on your on your <laughs> chest and face. That's okay, right? Uh, I, I sure. Because think about it, you sacrifice one for the good of the herd. Everyone I, else is paying you know, attention for the rest. of the You know, I always, after. I always had that a, guy might good. need medical. Attention, I always, but. I always had a a thing that I wanted to do, but I never did, which was on the first day of class when I go over the syllabus, um, just like. You know, say go through the policy and say, oh yeah, and you know, zero tolerance 
for like taking out your cell phones and being on your cell phones because you always say that and then like students inevitably do. It's like Obama's red line in Syria. It's like, what are you gonna do? Like they cross the red Ooh, line. Hot and take. Did shit. Wow, you just Whoa, went Luke, hot. Hot, with hot that. take. Yeah, hot take, Luke, right here. <laughs> uh, but yes, you exactly. Support, um, you support. It's uh, like Joe. Uh, either you're gonna go to war with Syria and fucking kick that student out. Or you're gonna bitch well, out. No, so to, to so to your point, Luke. Uh, so my my the thing I Ooh, always high want, stakes. The thing I always wanted to do was like say that like, and they're like, yeah, whatever. And then five minutes later, have a plant in the class. Like you know, it, it, this was easier like five years ago when I had friends who were a little li- younger. Just have like a, like a grad student like plant in the class and have them take out like an old phone that they've decommissioned. And just like be texting. You offered me $10 to do this. Once. Oh, I did? Yeah. Okay. So Luke knows my plan. So, and then you say, Excuse me, are you on your phone? And you're like, uh, Sorry, I'll put it away. I, I just kind of like, I don't even like get back at you too aggressively. Yeah. I just, I very regularly use it and then, yeah. And then you're and like, then comply Oh, oops. With what yeah. You you're say, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, man. And then I say, Oh, can I see that? Like, and you're like, uh, I guess. <laughs> and I go over and I just smash it, smash it on the floor, <laughs> stomp on it and say, Get the fuck out of my class. And I do it. And you're just like, uh, uh, and you just like shit your way out of the classroom. And then I say, knowing you're buying me beers later, knowing you're buying me beers later. <laughs> right. And then I say, so anyways, the first research paper we'll be doing. And then just, and just like totally snap back. Yeah. See, I remember that idea, Joe. And I, do you remember my suggestion, yes. which I still think would work better? Wait, can I guess it, Johnny? <laughs> yeah. Is it the uh, I... roommate in college and the firecracker thing? It's, it's along the same line, <laughs> but no, this is, is that. <laughs> This, I'll get into that. It's a way for people going off to college, to as I actually never did. How to deal with your roommate? Uh, yeah, establish control. It's like prison. You know, you got to establish it early. Who's who's but top bunk? Anyways, ways. this was. Uh, I always thought Joe should have me do that same thing, but instead of smashing my phone, be like, "Oh, could you come up and give me my phone?" And you'd be like, "Uh, do I have to?" And you'd be like, "You get it back after class." And then I come up and I give you my, your phone, and you have a fishbowl on your desk the first day, and you just take it and drop it in the bowl and go. <laughs> and I go, "What the fuck?" And you go, "Oh, it's fine. You can take it back after class." That's hilarious. and then I just have to go sit back down while everyone. But that way, the phone is there being ruined. Like the first couple minutes, people are like, "Oh shit!" And then like h- halfway through the class, like, "Yeah, that phone's definitely fucking I have, ruined." Yeah, I have quite- if it had any chance, it was and then, like ten And then I take ago. the phone out and shake it off and, and be like, "Sorry," and leave. Like that that class would be eating out of your hand. I have questions for you. First of all, are there fish in the bowl? And second of all, yeah. do what you if, carry it in with you? What, what if? Yeah, what, yeah. What, I just bring a fish bowl in on the desk. And third of all, what happens no, if they have a up. waterproof case? Well, Ooh, it, I, I had this idea before that was a thing, but obviously we would have uh, a phone out of the case so people could see it was unprotected. Yeah. Oh no! You know what you do? You put it in. You, you put Easy. it in the bowl, and then the student, the asshole student, comes up and you're like, "Oh, good thing." He's like, "Good thing I have a waterproof case." And you're like, "Yeah, great point." And then you put it on the desk and pull out a hammer and smash it. Oh, you'd be like, "Oh, really? Good yeah. to know." See, and then Joe, just smash it. And then the, do Joe's thing. You're going anyway. for the version where like. I'm you, going for the snap, emotional trauma. You snap into a violent <laughs> craze for a moment. And yeah, now you're right actually yeah. Johnny's now you're version actually terrorizing. is just a nonchalant drop into Yeah, no, a I would get fired for doing like most of that. Maybe not the fishbowl, but the other things. The fishbowl, because it's a plant. Them. I'm not going to complain. No one could complain on my behalf. And if they did and someone looked into it, you could be like, yeah, it was a teaching exercise. I was going to bring it up later in the That's semester. That's the great thing about college. You could actually probably get away with that in college. Like grade school. People get away with a lot in college. Well, because it's, it's actually like pretty much contractually obligated that like you're like not only like do you not talk to parents like you're, you're not allowed to talk to parents so like yeah that if, makes sense. if the student has because they're adults so it's like if the student has a problem with you 
they got to take it up with you or take it up with administration. So that's that's the other great thing about the only college. way you would deal with the parents if they were like a Britney Spears type where their parents had conservatorship over them, right? Like they don't have their oh, own sure. legal power of attorney. Like they have to be represented. It can't just be like no. my son is my child. No, like when my- students, if students want to like get shit done, like if they really want to change shit, they have to do it themselves. They can. Like a student can complain enough to the right people to pretty much get like a lot of what they want, but they have to do it. The, like they can't yeah. and, and that's the funny thing is at the college level they don't realize that they can do that but yeah i mean if you if you stomp your feet enough like eventually it's like anything else people are just gonna be like will you go away if i give you what you want you know yeah see i like I, yeah the cost uh cost benefit equation how much is this, what is this gonna cost us to just okay yeah we'll just do that yeah i, I mean it's, uh, it's a factor for sure but I also like my idea because you could make that you really could bring it up. You could be like, all right, we're going to go over suspension of disbelief this class, like towards the end of the semester. <laughs> yeah. And be like, totally. you remember that that student that I ruined his phone and then he never came he back? He dropped out of class. <laughs> and he dropped out of class. Guess what? And I come and be like, he's actually my brother. So this is the script and show them the script and be like, why was it believable? Oh. What parts like the hits and all that? Are you caught up you on could actually world? make a no, is this is this Westworldian? I'm not, I, I'm I'm, not, I'll I'm, watch an episode right after this. I'm not. I'm not going to say. What, what do you? Uh, have you watched the season? I haven't seen any of it. I've seen the movie so good, from dude. the. I saw the sequel to the movie original Future movie World? from the '70s. Future World. I haven't yeah. seen that. Uh, you saw season one though, right? No. Wait, never really? seen the show. Wait, really? No. Yeah, I'll go watch it right after this. You told me you've been watching it. You liar. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> Kara's been watching it. Yeah, I've talked to Kara about this. Have you? Have you guys been pretending like you're watching the show? She's seen it. I, I, she's it, it's watched a great it show. Me. It's the best no, show. Like, share, and subscribe. It's number one rated. Yeah, she she sold it to me on simulation theory. I, I just haven't had a chance. Oh yeah. Oh, I got to talk to her about that. Yeah, it, it's 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 huge, it's huge. huge. Yeah. So, um, I I like your method, Johnny, because I think it's a little. There's a subtlety to it. There's there's nuance to it. Yeah. So, Joe, I but it's, you still have the psychological terror aspect of it. Yeah, it's just I like more, that too. It's, more, uh, it's just more understated because the physical violence is also yeah. much more subtle. <laughs> Fair enough. I was going to ask you this in the beginning, Joe. Yeah. But um, I think I realized, like, over time, I've come up with different definitions of this, and I sort of become different versions of this depending on the student. Yeah. But what is your definition of teaching? In, in whatever way you want to interpret that, because like you could do yeah. it from the super zoomed out thing to a, a more localized thing. But I find that an interesting question because I grew up, and I think this is an experience that most people have had, which is that by the time you've gone through a certain amount of schooling, I did high school, four years of undergrad, and two years of grad school. Yeah. You've had hundreds and hundreds of teachers and you can only usually remember two or three that stand out had an impact yeah. stand out there's a neil degrasse tyson video on this that i'll link in the episode notes he he talks about this and he he says you know like what um what made uh, those two to three teachers of those hundreds yeah. stand out yeah and it's often not um, whether the, how famous they were or yeah. what skills they had yeah. and talked about, it was more 
the passion that they talked about the thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's a lot of what we've pretty much alluded to already. And it's funny you say that because this actually this comes up in uh, a lot of like when I apply to teach places, like something that I talk about, and it's this exact idea of kind of inspiring interest. And I think that's more important than actual teaching. It's like if you can a light a extent. fire, yeah, that's more important because then it will yeah. learn to and, and sustain I, and, itself and, and that's burn some, itself. And th- exactly, and that's something I write about. How I was never, especially in grade school. I in college, I was, I was much better. I was like, I, I was pretty good in college, but in in high school, I was not a good student in high school. Like I just wasn't smart. Like I didn't get good grades. I didn't. I I tried moderately hard, but like I wasn't, you know, top tier by any means. But what I write about is, and the example I use is a totally non-writing example. And the reason why I use it is because it stands out to me as 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 a situation where I remember being in earth science class. I don't know if you had the same experience. I think Johnny might have, but you might have had the same teacher as me. But I remember um, the earth science teacher brought in this long table and it was covered in sand and there was a hose attached to the top and he would turn on the hose and it would create a river through the sand and you would put monopoly houses all along the riverbank uh-huh. and you would have to take bets on whose house would survive the longest and he would increase the the stream like over the course of the class and eventually this the river would like shift in a road and the houses would collapse into the river the way a river snakes Right, and so he did it talked, form the S like snaking up a river. It, it formed like yeah, mo- but it, like within that, because there were so many houses on it, you could like point to so many micro patterns, and you know he ta- yeah, like he went. I think th- I think I remember he started with an S and it turned into a full oxbow as happens because that's what water does. Yeah, it was really so it was really cool, and he went into all these like theories, not just of like that, but like talking about like gravity and like velocity and just like, and and that we see this pattern on Mars. Yeah. All these other, exactly. And so what that did was like, that got me so interested in like those ideas of science that I started, like that was one of the main things that kickstarted me getting really interested in science. He showed you something that you can do in a classroom could translate to how we know a planet out there that, that nobody knows. You know, and more importantly, how and why I should question other things. Sure. So the curiosity yeah. itself. Yeah, the curiosity he used itself. A specific yeah. example, but what he did yeah. was he lit the flame of your curiosity. Yeah. So, so to me, that kept it going. So to me, that's like the core of of teaching and and what I sort of value as a teacher and what I try to, I guess, inspire as well as much as I can and, and in different ways and in very different contexts at very different moments. But yeah, it's to try to in, inspire interest and inspire. Again, that's why I, I in, in my classes, I always come back to this idea of relevancy. Well, how is this relevant to your real life? Yes, I'm making you write a research paper, but like, why is it important that you need to know how to justify your right. opinions with actual how many teachers don't substantial substantiated facts? Like, don't know that or don't care to go through the effort make those, of to make those connections. That. Yeah, to to show why those connections are so important. Another one that we do is, um, or that I do is, I have them analyze article opinion articles from the school newspaper. And what's fun about that is that they read these articles and I would say not most of the time, but very commonly they notice that they agree with the premise, 
but they think that it's a very poorly written argument. And it's because, of course, it's just written by, like, undergrad students who, you know, had an opinion and, like, they didn't have anybody review it. Yeah. Like, they didn't – you know what I mean? Like, they're just – like it's I filled with leaks. It's I used to write for, itself. And that's not that's not a knock on them. I used to write for the undergrad paper, and, like, my articles weren't weren't great either. Um, you know, the ideas behind them maybe were, were great ideas, but that's what I make them point out. And But they're confused by it going in. They're like, right. how can I agree with this opinion but, like, so disagree with how the argument's made? And I say that's a great point. So what you want to do is point out what those problems are and how – addressing those and how fixing those would make an arg- a more substantial argument a higher that, resolution argument a higher that's a perfect way to put it that would appeal to who you have to ask like who are you trying to convince what of like if you're just pandering to the people who already agree with that opinion okay that maybe confirms their point of view but what are you doing to really again get that higher resolution picture for people who either a don't agree with what is being said initially or B, maybe a lot of people in the middle who aren't sure what they believe or who think they know what they believe, but it turns out if you can present a cogent enough argument with clear enough data and evidence and reasoning, they say, oh, that actually alters what I thought I thought about It's almost like peristalsis. Like if somebody's in an altering opinion and you're going to convince them and work them through your writing to be in your opinion, it's not like you're going to say one sentence and they'll be like, oh, gee, I was wrong about everything. Boom. Yeah, right. So you have to massage them there. And one of the yeah. ways you do that is you acknowledge the things that they think already are true. Yeah. You acknowledge, let's say it's not true, right? Yeah. You have to acknowledge why they think it's true. Yeah. Or if there's any truth there, yeah. but then put it back in the context of like, well, that's not the full picture. And that's what I think that's that's true too. like that's what I really enjoy about teaching is that like, those sort of realizations like I was even I was working on that earlier today. We were working on research papers and as they go through and I, they say a common question is uh, they say like, well, you know, what's your argument? Like, what do you want to prove about this topic? And they say this thing. And I say, well, what about the counter perspective or counter argument or, or counter viewpoint or I've also other heard way it of described as counterfactual? Yeah. So totally. you say like, oh, like it's so much better. Um, Depending on that the topic, Trump won yeah. and somebody else is like, oh, it's so much would have been so much better if Hillary won. It's like, okay, like those are two opinions. Like, let's go through the details. We have yeah. a lot of evidence now because like the timeline with yeah. Trump, but not many people spend the counterfactual time to go through the details of like Hillary would have been better. Yeah, I'm not making a comment on that even. I'm just saying like. To put to put yourself in the debate form of like one might say this, yeah. one might say that. I'm not sure, yeah. and and it's a more as Stephen Fry said in this Jordan Peterson debate yeah. recently. He said um, angels uh, are able to fly because they take themselves so lightly, and the, the mm. idea is like you're never taking any opinion that you're considering so heavy that it pulls you down to the ground yeah. and, and pins you down. Well, and and you have to take into account like what that. The reason why you have to take into account that counter viewpoint or, or alternate perspective is because, again, like, who are you trying to con- – you have to ask, like, who am I trying to convince of, of what exactly? Yeah. And until you do that, it's it's it can kind of be an exercise in futility. But I notice <laughs> as we do that, like, students realize, like, it clicks and they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, of course – It can I- click, yeah. Yeah, of course I would address, like, this other perspective. And, like, at first they're like, 
you know, like, why would I even address that? It disagrees with my point. And I'm like, well, why is that a problem? Like, is it flawed maybe information? Maybe you have a bad point. Or maybe that. Yeah. And, like, you change – or, like, you. that's another thing, too. They're like, well, I'm trying to argue this, but, like, there's all this good data on the other side. I'm like – Maybe then maybe the other side has a point, or you know, and, and then they're yeah. like, like so the other side's true or right, and I'm like, maybe neither side's right. Yeah, maybe there's a compromise in the middle that makes way more sense, and nobody's willing to think maybe about it's one it that of those way. complicated, yeah. em- emergent things in like in 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 the human realm that like is actually not reducible right now and like yeah. can't be described as like definitely this or definitely that. And, and there's this, a lot of fucking those and this is a skill type and things. this is a skill that like is so needed right now. Like, it's lacking. Um, it's so lacking. Maybe social in like, media has a, a factor in that because people get less social cues from well, people. Well, and, and so much of the, the, the data world. and information that people find is so baseline or it's so misappropriated. It's you know so out it of context. For me? It's just so I, – I, I, and because I, I have students of all ages from like, you know, really four-year-olds to high school kids is my normal range. Mm. Um, and – I, I definitely can a four year old play trumpet uh, after the, they take the, Luke's class is, is for, like share and subscribe uh, piano. <laughs> oh, so okay. that makes piano sense. and trumpet. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I don't think I'm coordinating. No, you can't really to play start trumpet. playing trumpet until your teeth come in. Like that checks out. Makes sense. Fourth, fifth grade. <laughs> yeah. Fair um, enough. Even then you can't play it still. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's still a nightmare. I can't play trumpet nightmare. and I have all my teeth. So. You know, I'd be curious about well, that. It might be a good experiment. I should try and like teach one of my adult friends trumpet and see how long it takes. Can you teach me trumpet, Luke? Luke, I was just about <laughs> to volunteer. I would totally buy it. I would. You could get. You like, might really volunteer, Johnny, like but I'm going to trumpeteer. Right? So, oh, oh, he's ready. He he beat me there. <laughs> you win, so, Joe. So, <laughs> like, I, I I have so many different teacher hats that I put in put on, yeah. and um, like, just to give you an example, like. Today, I, I had this, I had two students today. One of them was this geeky sixth grader. And I like geeky kids because like when I talk about something like physics of sound to talk about nerd how out. the length of the trumpet changes and that they they kind of respond and nerd out with me. That's cool, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, cool. That's the angle I can connect with you on. Like he was a zombie to me yeah. until I brought up physics, and now yeah. he was like engaging. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you. If I if I come at you from the science angle, you can connect what you're already interested in, and and see that music's interesting from yeah. that perspective too. Yeah. And then maybe I can convince you like of other things, you know, like musical, artistic, whatnot. Yeah. And then you know I'll have. Um, really like stereotypical cool kids who like don't think it's cool to try at things or yeah. you know that kind of yeah. thing where it's like oh why would I you know make a beautiful sound it sounds like you're talking about emotion like you know like yeah and and you just have to like find a way bro like, you're talking about emotion bro I'll just talk to them for a while and be like yo I'm not not cool like I I did your whole thing I was like the character you're being. I don't say this directly, but like I try yeah. to like hint at. What this. if you did though? Like the character uh, you're being is not is not a character you can be in the world really well. Like you can be. You can people do it. It's I just, mean, you can work at a gas station and be that. Character, no, that's what I mean. It's that's a but, burden to bear for but sure. But it's going to be a heavier burden than yeah. it, it rewards you. So I was yeah. like, it's you a real could also. Commitment. Yeah. I remember what sure. I said to the kid. I was like, you know, this is just a random thing you're doing, trumpet, and you could do it seriously or not like it doesn't really affect me i was like 
but like I, I just want to make sure you know like whether you pick up chess tomorrow or trumpet or a foreign language or working in a gas station you you elitist northeast fuck sorry <laughs> go ahead apparently I, something wrong with I, that I, I try to express to kids like <laughs> and that that i'm not i see what you're saying i'm yeah. not a salesman for trumpet because yeah. like, i it's not going to really affect me yeah yeah what yeah. you choose yeah, right but that if you did an hour of work on any one thing yeah. every day you would be awesome at it and be the best possibly in new york state by the time you got to middle school just because you actually devoted focus time to it every day yeah and then i say so that's one thing you could be yeah let's say we cut that hour down to 10 minutes but you still do it every day i was like you'll definitely be really good at this one exercise I assigned you <laughs> this week. I, I actually really like that as like, yeah, this is how you're God, but you're not. So, <laughs> But you could be. You could be. You could be. But you're not. So just be 10%, which is like way percent less than failing. Shit, so let's just be the 10% God. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I know there's, because like thinking about teaching philosophy, like there's a lot to be said there where you're like, you don't have to be perfect is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying that you, you have to you have to put in some effort. I'm sort of saying that, like you know, whatever you put effort into now, you, you get out later. Right? You are really your time is going to be well invested. Yeah, yeah, like that's cool. Like, I like that because you're in sixth grade. Let's use that example. Yeah, you, you barely have, know you're in alive. Four years, you're still not worried about having to be a fully grown adult. So you, you just have all this time to shape your neurons to be expert level at any number of things you should say that exactly <laughs> and they'll just be like oh believe i'm me, making I a do. dummy face right now well yeah i mean if i think if i understood that life is just like the ultimate video game that i can't there's no save file uh oh god that's freaky <laughs> i would i would try way harder i would try way harder but that's pretty deep yeah yeah, I would have tried much harder as a child, you know. But <laughs> wait, so I there didn't. is a save button? No, there isn't. But well, not for you guys. But um, <laughs> oh god, he is a genie. <laughs> <laughs> but, unlimited uh, powers, tiny living conditions. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, so you get the unlimited power still, and you get your lamp rubbed um, you your, <laughs> if you're lucky. No, um, it, it it really is. Uh, I forgot what we were talking about. What, what, I just spaced. I need a beer. You're teaching stories, um, Johnny. Your, your best oh, yeah, no, story. like life is just a big video game. Like, that's <laughs> why video about? games were <laughs> it is more, though. Like, I it, honestly it, use that example I, today. Like as I'm getting older, the video games I find more interesting are like the, the physics based ones. Yeah, have you ever played World of Goo? Shout out to no. World of Goo. It's an amazing physics game for like the 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 new fancy uh like Nintendo thing. Are, are they our sponsor now? God, I don't think so. Johnny, have you played Universe Sandbox? On your computer, yeah. Dude, you got to get it. So, uh, yeah. I would say on a zoomed out level, like if I if I say what's the most common theme behind like how I'm approaching teaching is that I'm trying to get people to um learn how to think and not what to think. Yeah. So, yeah, fair my, enough. I I'm I'm almost constantly asking questions as a teacher. Yeah, and then as you should rephrasing be. the question with more leading, rephrasing the question with more leading. 
Well, do you feel like meaning like well, what part of the airflow yeah. might you want to well, you know like I'm, and I'm really curi- lead I'm them curious on? about that too because do you feel like especially because you teach because um, I teach like mostly college but you, you and kinda, mostly in groups right yeah or well, how often well, is no, one I, on one for you no it's it's one because I do a lot with like individual conferences like office and that hours. Sort of thing. No, I like I mandate them. Like I'll cancel class to like say this is your attendance for the oh. week. You have to meet with me like for an hour. Oh, okay. So like I force like one on one. Get a meetings. real sense of their yeah. ideas and what they're going to write about. It, it's like it's such an underrated process because that's the only that's the only real way to like get to the truth of what they're about is working one on one with them. Yeah. Otherwise, they can hide in the herd. Totally. Yeah, and they do. They will. Yeah. Most yeah. people do. It's safe. Yeah. But do you find that you learn? Because I find like working at least at the college level that like I I learn a lot working at the college level from like just the questions they ask me and like the the techniques and and different ideas that they come up with. Like do you? Because I I know what you do is different with music and and at a different age level. But do you find that as well? Like do you learn anything from like? So I teaching? would say the biggest thing I learn from teaching is forcing myself to make explicit what was implicit forcing yeah. myself to but does that help kind you of what you were does saying that help before. you as because it helps me as a writer does it help you as a musician like as an actual I musician i think it does it helps me understand what i know more yeah. like i think there's a difference between knowledge and understanding and this is actually a category in the music world you have hmm. a, a type of um a musician who is really really talented at their instrument and um perhaps like weirdly talented and super skilled got yeah. to the top of whatever hierarchy in music they were climbing well you'll, you'll right find quick. you'll find that in in a lot of crafts yeah and it's the type of person where it comes very natural to them but they're not often very good teachers mm. they still might do it and so so much of the music world i think um, the teaching in the music world is filled yeah. with really good performers and some really good educators. That's interesting because in writing, write, writing people are like amazing teachers. Just I, it, I find it might in general. be more required. And I That's think so I think I know why because as a music teacher, I, I run this experiment myself sometimes. So you're teaching a lesson. You have your trumpet right there and they're playing something. Now they finish, right? And yeah. it's now your job to say, here's what was good, what was bad. Yeah. Maybe they did something totally wrong. Maybe it was really good, and you're trying to figure out what to even say, right? Yeah. And so the default move for some teachers is to just play the thing and then say, do it again, right? Yeah, so that's not words, much teaching, Hear though. me play <laughs> it. and But in music, yeah. sometimes it's, it's a technique of teaching. Interesting. Where, and I learned this from the inner yeah. game of tennis, James Galloway, it's a sports book, but musicians love it because it's all about perhaps you actually teach more when it comes to the motor skills of something when you don't tell the person what they're about to do. You let it happen at the subconscious mm. level naturally. Later on, it. later on, they might find out about it, but you're trying to get their subconscious brain to copy what you did yeah. without the the conscious tension and and slow processing speed if monkey see monkey do exactly yeah monkey I, see monkey do i think i think it's really different 
I'm trying to talk about this in some kind of like blah blah blah. Yeah, it's like, been oh, done before, classic, Luke. Yeah, monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've covered this. <laughs> yeah. I think writing's just different because with with music, I, I mean, like when I sit down with a student and I look at like a paper or you know whatever they're working on, a lot of times like I explore options with them. Like I don't tell them what's right or wrong, or like what's I, it, that's actually something that I I tried and. I think this is pretty much universal with like most other writing instructors I've spoken with where they, they try to really dispense with the idea of correct or incorrect, right or wrong, which is a thing like when you get into like grammar or technical stuff or just things that work or don't work thematically. But you also tried to um, you, you try to explain the idea that it's more about effective versus ineffective. And sure. like, yeah, if you do this, if you go this road or this route or, you you know, you, you try this technique or this style, it, it may be more effective or less effective depending on what else you do. So it's kind of like a ripple effect. And you can kind of point out how like head, it, it, you know, whichever stream you sort of lean towards, like, well, it's going to lead you down this way. And like then you have all these other possibilities. And it's it, there's something very like intuitive mm. about it that like. It's just it's it's also conducive to practice though. Like it does take a lot of and practice. And a lot of a lot of those avenues you're talking about, where you're saying, "Oh, if I decide to do this in this plot that I'm writing, yeah, then all these other things happen." Yeah, those can go very subconscious level. You're still yeah. Well, once you being internalize them, by yeah. Them, but you're not necessarily because um, I think this is true for thinking too. But in terms of pure input into your brain, yeah you get vastly more um, bits of information into your full brain than you're consciously aware of. It's something like 400 billion bits of information per second go into your brain, and you're only aware of like 8 million or something like that. (laughs) So it's like, you know, I think the same thing's true of thinking, and and thinking is sort of like a layer that's there that you can scratch away at and learn about the more you do. It's it's funny, too. But it still influences you. Yeah, it's funny, too, to think about how, like, there's technique and, like, there's technique in writing, too, that's you could point to and say, like, well, that's technically correct or incorrect according to the rules. Like, you would say that in music, right? But, like, there's also artistry to it. Sure. There's nuance. And, like, that's that's everything. Like, I, I always tell students that it's actually funny. My grading rubric is actually weighted differently. So, like, grammar and form and style and punctuation are they're, – they're worth less than – content and effectiveness and like having clear thoughts and original thoughts and relating them in a in an effective matter like whether that's um you know like a personal narrative or a research paper or an analysis paper like whatever it is like making that interesting and engaging and original and like trying to convince different audiences like i rank that much more highly and that's all nuance that's all like the artistry of it so it's like and it's the same in music right i mean more or less like um yeah, I guess like I like you have those options is what I'm saying. Like to, to I vary. I regularly ask my students. I, I've gotten good at what questions I ask, and that's kind of what you were yeah, saying before right. when you're exactly, like, "Is yeah. this effective?" It's yeah, like, yeah. That's um, a heavy question to ask, and it it, it right. covers most. That's of That's harder I care than about. asking, "Is it right or wrong? Is it yeah. effective or ineffective?" Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's much. And more so difficult. I'll often yeah. you can ask that after a performance, like, "Was that effective?" And what does it mean to be effective? It means you have a desired outcome. Like, because you're asking, did I achieve yeah. my desired outcome? Yeah, it's like, totally. Oh, you just played that and you didn't even have a desired outcome, right? Yeah. Whether if you're writing a story and you don't have a desired outcome, it's like, well, okay, maybe that's okay, but like, 
probably you should have some kind of like thing you're going for, even if it's like this undefinable kind of thing. And so for music, I always yeah. ask this question to kids. What's the character of the music? And they're like, what? And I'm like, what's the last book you read in school? I just get oh, that's them. cool. I'm like, like what's that. the main character? And describe him. Yeah. Tall, lanky, mm. goofy, right? Whatever. I was like, there's a whole character there, right? I was like, so music has characters. Sometimes they're not as detailed yeah, as having really a name cool. and, and a height and all that. But I was like, let me play you a few things. So how would you describe me in music, Luke? Yeah, how would you describe Johnny's character in music? That's tough, man. How deep do <laughs> you want me to get? <laughs> I want you to get down. <laughs> I mean, if I was like, a, if somebody was exposed to a two-hour movie version of me, like not you um, that knows me. So. I would, I would describe you as the dinner plate nipple character. <laughs> okay. What kind of sentence is that? Uh, I meant musically, but thanks, I guess. <laughs> yeah, how does, it, how does that, that translate? Trumpet. <laughs> Can, Great teaching skills, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen your nipples, buddy. They're like dinner plates. Oh, they're they're pretty big. Yeah, I'll admit it. Them teacup saucers, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why my accent went there. This is the teaching podcast, so they should learn something. If you didn't learn anything else, you've learned that Johnny does have large nipples. Johnny has teacup tea yep. plate nipples. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, where were we? So, <laughs> for music, the characters, I was just saying, like, oh, right. you know, they could be like... Back to your podigy or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> podigy. Podcastery. You're, you're, you're Adobe put a Pagoda. I, I like how you combine pedagogy with podcast. <laughs> and you came up with podjiggy. Um, that is what we're doing here, right? No, that's that's gold, baby. So, that's um, gold, baby. Th- those are my two pillars for teaching w- w- when I have to like kind of think about it or recalibrate because yeah. I often have to recalibrate um, and and just kind of redefine for myself. What am I doing? Yeah, I'm miserable right yeah. now. I have eight more students to go, and I'm yeah. in a really bad when, place. When you're in the slog, right? Yeah. How do yeah. I get out of I've this? I've been there, dude. And you know one I'm of the tricks be there I next use, week. dude? Yeah. This is a good trick. I recommend you try it if you if you've never done it. Um, you're in the slogs. You really just feel like, and it happens Logan sometimes. About. You just like start being a jerk to a kid because <laughs> you just you just, it's you're miserable, you know. And one of the ways I work myself out of those states is I pretend like I'm doing a lesson in front of an audience for a job interview. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. I pretend. How would I teach if I was trying to be the best? You know, like just trying to not let anything go, have have a a big window of tolerance where any bullshit that comes my yeah. way just switches right through it, doesn't really affect me, yeah. and I move on and keep trying to do what I'm trying to. And it it it's sort of the fake it till you make it thing, just yeah. faking like I'm doing that. All of a yeah. sudden, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm not shoveling elephant shit right now. I'm just yeah. teaching. I can like bring a positive energy. Yeah. And I can get myself out of it. Which is, which is actually what I, I, I always come back to when I'm like in the slog and I'm like, oh man, like I'm I'm on my, you know, 10th student conference of the day. There's and it like, doesn't matter how many coffee you have. It's yeah, not there's gonna, six more to go. Like, not gonna help. I got to take a runny dump. Like, this is like a long ass day. I, I always remember, and I remember thinking this at the time. I think I've told you this story how I remember I used to work at a country club and I remember in back in college and I remember. One day it was like a rainy day, and they got a new shipment of, of dirt in dirt in because you would fill up these containers with dirt and grass seeds, and like that's what people would fill in the holes on the course with. Oh, okay. So they got in a new shipment of dirt, and the guy it was just rainy, so there was no carts out, so we didn't have to help because pe- we would help people with their bags. So 
Um, he said, oh, go into the back, the service yard, and, you know, fill up the – we got a new shipment of dirt. You know, fill up the bucket and bring it back to the clubhouse because that's where we filled up the containers. So I went back there, and it was, like, drizzling lightly. And I, I get back there to the pile of dirt, and I start shoveling it into the back of this cart. And I, uh, I'm i thinking to myself, man, this dirt smells like shit. <laughs> And then I'm shoveling for like a few more minutes, and finally, one of the service yard guys comes over, and or he's doing whatever, and I'm like, he's like, oh, what's up? And we start talking. I'm like, man, this this dirt like reeks, because I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, we got this new like manure mixed dirt thing, and I'm like, huh? And then like I pause like in mid shovel, and I realize to myself, I am literally shoveling shit in the rain for minimum wage. Yeah. It can only get better from here. And that's the memory I always come back to whenever I'm like deep in teaching and I'm like, oh, you're like, I'm in an office not, teaching, not in the rain, shoveling yeah. shit for minimum wage. Yeah. And it's all, no matter what I've done and especially teaching, I'm like, you know what? Like, I can make this work. I can make this happen. Like, we'll, we'll figure this out. So that's kind of my. My go-to. Oh, Johnny's got a new beer here. I, Joe, I think the way to say that would be as long as you're shoveling, as long as you're making more shit than you're shoveling, you're doing okay. <laughs> I would say so. That's Because, like, every once in a while, I, like, I'm gonna you put might that, have to shovel gonna, your own shit. I'm, I don't plan on having a gravestone, but that's what I'm going to put on it. Really? I mean, yeah. you're, you're essentially shoveling your own shit when you flush a toilet. It's just technology's doing I mean. the legwork. That's kind of what Johnny, I, mean. I have a question for you. What is? <laughs> I stepped off for a minute. I don't, I don't know. Johnny, what what is, so what is your teaching? Uh, like, wh- how would you describe? What was the question? What teaching oh, is? Um, your teaching I, I, I philosophy? I was just trying to say, like, what, what is a definition of teaching yeah, what, yeah. or a philosophy? So I was trying like, to think about it while you guys were rambling about yours. <laughs> uh, and I'm ramble. just being honest. I ramble. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. I've never. And, um, you know, I was just thinking like, I, I, I was trying to think, well, how can I contribute? Like, do I teach? It's, well, I used to teach like beginner chess lessons when I was younger. I wasn't very good at it. Well, why, used why, to weren't teach, you very, why weren't you very good at it? Why do you say that? Because I wasn't a very good student. I stopped studying okay. a lot. And then I hit a point where students got better than me. So I was like, I should stop doing this. I'm a shitty teacher. It okay. also takes a Fair certain enough. age to be a good teacher, I think. So at a young yeah. age, I felt like an... A um, fool t- teaching. I was teaching yeah. by by age nineteen. Yeah, but but I so like I, fool. yeah, I was never a good student. I was always a self learner. So I feel like I'm more perceptive to what I like to refer to as teaching moments, which are what I look for in my life. Um, even like sometimes you can deal with like a shitty crass guy. Like think about if you call like you know a, an emergency something a, a leak in your apartment. And that you know, they call a plumber who's like pissed and annoyed as shit, or is like pissed at your building owner, but not you, you know. And yeah. so, like, you know, they might be all crass and shitty and angry and like, you know, rude or whatever. But they might actually be willing to like teach you. Oh, I'll tell you what happened. They fucking this and that and blah blah blah. Yeah. And I'm gonna do this. Like, it's an actual teaching moment you could pick. So, like, I try. I think I'm more perceptive of those moments because that's how I've had to learn. Uh, and I do have those because I work in, I, you know, I, I sell, I pour craft beer in one of my jobs, <laughs> uh, a couple of my jobs. I pour beer and uh, a lot of people come in and they're new to it. They have no idea. You know, they, they know what beer they yeah, like, but right. they don't know anything about the world or all these different styles and stuff. Right. And, and you only have and, like um, a 10 second period to connect with them and like actually convince right. them that you can teach them something. Well, a lot of them don't want to learn, though. Like, I had a great example the other day. Bring it back to beer. 
uh, lady says, I don't like hoppy beers. I don't like anything with hops in it. It's like, okay, well, we have this, that, blah, blah. She's like, well, let me try that German Pilsner. They had a German Pilsner. And I was like, uh, okay. And so hops in it, just <laughs> a lot of hops. They were just yeah, and they put a lot of hops in that compared to some of the other beers she liked. And she's like, oh, it's hoppy. And then um, <laughs> she she tried it, and she's like, oh, I really like this. One. I like this. And I, she's like, what is that flavor? And I described the these, you like, like German hops. noble hops that are these like light. Well, I described the flavor first because I wanted to get her on my side. I was like, oh, yeah. this is a teaching moment. I can convince her. I can tell her, show her that she does like some. Hops. See, that's very good, yeah, Johnny. Yeah. yeah. She had something she didn't like. Someone told her it was hops, and she never looked into it. So she just ruled out this whole uh, class of, of of experiences because of that. Yeah. So I and then she was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like, I can't blah blah." She's like, "Oh, I like this. What's this?" I was like, "Well, that like light kind of grassy, like you know, kind of peppery flavor there, that like uh, peppercorny flavor. That's those uh, Hallertau hops that we got." Blah blah blah. This and that. And she goes, "Oh no, it can't be that." <laughs> She I don't like so hops. She said that. She said she's like, well, it can't be that because I don't like hops. Wow. And stared at me like I was supposed to come up with an answer. Oh, you're right. There are none in there. And I was like, okay then. And then she just turned and walked away. Where's and it was any- like she's still she's gonna go to the next place and be like, I don't like hoppy beers. And and maybe go if someone cares enough to be like, oh, we'll try all these different things. We'll find you something you like. You know, they're just gonna be like, here's here's our cream ale or here's our blonde ale. Like here, just have this the light beer. Yeah. We make That's instead. the type of student that drives me crazy because what you did is tried to show her in a graceful way that a category of thinking she had was a little bit off, right? And yeah. so. What she did instead of just saying, you know what, I have to let go of that past knowledge and now, you know, think of this in a new way. What she yeah. did was insist on holding on to the past knowledge. How could right. this person in front of me uh, be right about this flavor? Because I already know I don't like hops. It's like, no, you don't know you know anything. You think yeah. you know things. That's so funny. And a lot of what you think you know is probably wrong. And that's so like uh, what I've been saying all episode is at the core of what I teach is like, why do you believe what you think you believe? Yeah. And it's like if you Some don't have a you good, have good reasons for and, and if others you, you have you, shit reasons. That's what for. I mean. If, if like your response is to just like ask a dumb question and stare at the person hoping for the answer that you just want to hear. That's not you're not being a good student. So you're not would, being a good person even. That's why I, I would, I would say, dare like, to say like the, at the core of what it means to be a good teacher is to convince people of that. Yeah. To just and that's and you, worthwhile. And, and how you do that yeah. is a graceful thing. It changes yeah. each time. Like I You should have splashed the beer in her face, Johnny. You fucked up. I did. I know when she walked away, I threw it on the back of her legs because she was wearing shorts. Yeah. Really? I was like, oh sorry. No. <laughs> 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 I would I would immediately get fired for doing that. Oh, that's yeah. one way. Can't throw be- you. I've never thrown beer on anybody. You get that's very frowned upon. It, you're supposed to sell it, not throw it at people. In the industry, that's not that's not favored. It's a general John, rule. Yeah. Johnny, yeah. you tried to connect with this woman, and and she but it was great because she walked away. It. Yeah, because she was like, "That can't be it," because I don't like hops. And I said, "Okay," and she like kind of nodded, like, "All right then," and then walked away. But her friends, like, I answered their questions. And like they walked away with the thought of like, wow, that guy knew a lot about beer, but he was wrong about that one thing because I'm right about it, even though I know yeah. I don't know anything about beer. Like she was able to to cross all those lines and connect them in her head, she, or or she just didn't think about it. The and that subtext, happens like that definitely happens daily to me. Yeah. But I just don't really that, care. Isn't the subtext of that just her declaring like I'm not a student? 
in other words, like I'm not willing to learn new things. I just need to stick oh, totally. with what I already know. Oh yeah, to- right. she's she's entrenched and she'll never change. Well, maybe she will. Not at this rate. I mean, never is a strong word, and and th- that comes up to the same thing I was just saying before about when you're in the slums in teaching, and slog. you just you the slog. That's what you said, right? Yeah. And you sort of slums just is get a different this, place to be teaching. You, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you get this like hopeless feeling where you're like, why should I even try? Like I I just wasted all this energy oh, and none of it yeah, I, led anywhere. But he had like I didn't, a, he had like I, a I didn't two really, minute period to do it. That's the problem. Yeah, I, I didn't really answer your question, Luke. So that was the the point I was trying to make is like teaching. I think about as teachable moments where like both have to you, be sending the right signal could. to connect. Yeah, you have to close the circuit. You know, the signal has to go out and come back. Like yeah. it has to come from both sides. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Like it has to be somebody asks, and it happens all the time the other way. That was just like an example, a funny example of like you don't have to know beer to be like uh, you're what like yeah. just you can follow the conversation to know yeah. she she was wrong. Yeah, it, but, it would be different um, in an actual teaching environment because but, the, the impetus would be on you to be like, no, you should actually question right. this. So she just so so in that case, she just totally missed out of a teaching moment because she wasn't. Sure. Oh yeah, trying. that's her loss. But not other yours. times, yeah. I've I've just been like, I'll, I'll be talking to someone will ask me a question and I'll be talking to them and they'll have like that similar attitude and the person next to them will just be eavesdropping and they'll go, "Wow, really?" And then I end up that person walks away and then I'm answering beer questions yeah, for them. Right. And they're like, "I I always wondered that or I didn't know that or that's what that flavor is. I actually like that. Where can I find that? It's this like thing or that hop or this like sure. you know." And then you, you they leave being like, "Thanks, yeah. man." And I have that happen all the time. There's a lot of people who remember my name and I don't remember theirs because that happens and they come and back like, like a month later because they left and they yeah and they're like oh yeah well like you know because i taught them so i'm sure that happens to you as a teacher johnny, Joe, people remember you, you you don't remember yeah but i don't get tips johnny the key is you don't yeah, want to lose you your genuine connection with those good people just because of a few bad people that shut you down yeah and Which it's, it's a good enough ratio it's probably yeah. a better ratio than than at Actual educators, because it's beer. Like people are there to hang yeah, out, I mean, relax, generally, and take like, their mind off other things. Yeah, I mean, generally, you get more happy things, people but. in the beer scene than probably you get trumpet students. Half of whom, are, I mean, it, well, it's all contextual. I can't even it's, go into the nightmare of it, but it's, it's all contextual though, because it's like different situ, like even like like teaching colleges, like different colleges, you're gonna have people there for different reasons. Sure. I mean, different yeah. bars, you're gonna have people there for of different course, reasons. Yeah. You know, there's like the get drunk bars. There's the different different private tutoring there's... different private but, tutoring yeah. firms. You're gonna have students sent there for different reasons. Of course, yeah. So oh, yeah. well, it, on the it, on the other hand, I I like the reason I try and I like to share my knowledge isn't because I think I'm a great beer teacher. It's because every now and then I'll tell someone a cool thing about beer they didn't know, and I find out they're like a master woodworker that like builds ships, and they'll talk to me. For like, they'll be like, You're, this guy's cool, and they'll talk to me like about whatever or answer whatever questions I have about this weird, cool thing. Like, I've met so many interesting people, like welders That's and people that cool, do yeah. things. And like, I met a guy who, who he machines ro- like rocket engine parts or something. But you guys and, like, probably the, riff off each you have other. To be, like, you have to be like 99.999% accurate when you make build parts. So like yeah. so much engineering and the actual execution and like double checking but you guys like, but the, in it's that, just fascinating stuff in that case know, but like me. you say that's fascinating stuff like you're you're like self-teaching each other like that's like like you were saying like that but sort of like real world just like 
you know, connection building where you're just like, oh, this guy has knowledge. Like, I have beer knowledge. And, and the like, way you learn that riff, knowledge you know? is just different than if somebody were just in a very dry way delivering it to you in front of a classroom and you're taking notes. Well, it can it's become like, more oh, impersonal. That guy, Frank yeah. at the bar who yeah. told me yeah. how he builds airplane engines. Like, but also, like, you, I remember that. But now. also, like, it's you definitely because be they're like, more. They're more relaxed, but you too. also couldn't be yeah. like, "Well, Frank at the bar told me how to build a rocket, so I'm going to go build one and show that the Earth is flat by taking pictures." But you have more, <laughs> like y- that's not going to work. As I was trying, like, to you reply, should probably you, take... like I tuck your sentence fully seriously, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like you should probably take a college course online if you're going to build a rocket. Well, yeah, but 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 what's more important about <laughs> rocket building? Learning the you elitist curiosity <laughs> and the energy behind it, what makes it super fun, or actually being able to do it. And I think That's the same point, question yeah. I asked myself well, depends about on your music, goal, yeah. what's more important, that this person becomes like the most amazing trumpet player and, and like wins a job, or that they go off and do what they were already going to probably do in life, but yeah. they have an appreciation of music, yeah. and it's a, it's a way that, that perhaps I, I can build a structure of artistic appreciation in their brains yeah. so that music is a thing that they yeah. can use as a tool as a as a escape whatever people yeah. find music well that's that's ways. the other thing that i think is really important with teaching overall is and that's something that like i find all the time like i mentioned that earlier ass- assessing specific individual student needs and some students or a lot of students you meet and you're just like yeah like you these skills are going to help you in different ways like you should learn these and then, like, other students, it's just like, yeah, you just got to pass. Like, you got to get through this. And then other students, you're like, you're a really good writer. Or you could be an even, like, better writer. Like, you yeah. could be – and I've had students who, like, go on to, like they, – they write really good – like, they've written books. Like, they, they, they're, like, editors of, like, well, wh- a school paper and shit. What like, you're describing is that you find a student where they are. And you see, get a read of their potential. Yeah. And then you tell them, because kids need to be told this. I need to be told that. Everybody does needs to be told yeah. this. Hey, you could be way better than you are. 5% better if you did these things, right? Yeah. So if you're telling the kid that's yeah. barely passing, look, you need to pass this class. You want to fucking not retake yeah. writing 102, right? Yeah. So do these things and you can be the kind of guy yeah. that passes his classes. Yeah. But then the middle guy, you're like, hey, like, look, you've yeah. gotten so much better. Yeah. Like, write a really good paper, and you'll be the kind of guy that writes great papers. Yeah. And then for the top people <clears throat> in the class, you're like, are you interested in writing? Like, you should submit this to a competition because, like, you're really good. Yeah. You could spend a little extra time on this and submit yeah. it to this competition. So for each category, you're telling the person, hey, here's where you are. And I, I believe in investing some energy in you to encourage you to be 5%, 10% yeah. better. That's, that's something. Usually not 100%, but that's 50%, some, but you know, it's, 5 it's or 10. Fu- it's funny, and I'm glad that you, it's funny that you say that. I'm glad that you mentioned that as somebody who teaches not college people, because that happened twice to me in my academic career, and it was both times in college. It never happened in grade school. And it was the college professor. One was actually not even in a English writing class. It was in a history class. And the other was in an English class. But both times the instructor was like, oh, like, can so-and-so, so-and-so, like, I think both of them named, like, four or five students. And they're like, yeah, can you stay after class, like, you know, just to talk for a couple minutes. And both times I was like, fuck, like, 
what's that about? You like, know, am like, I in trouble? Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> man, like, I must have, like, just, like, fucked up that last paper or something. And both times the instructor was basically their premise was this idea where they were just like, yeah, um, you guys are, like, really good and you could be, like, whatever you want in this yeah. realm. Yeah, Like, I'm not saying, like, become an author or a professor or you know, a researcher, but like consider, consider like, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like if you work at this, like you have the chops to like do whatever you want. Yeah. And like, I remember at the time being like, what the fuck? Like, what, like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Yeah. But then still being like, yeah, the rest of this class is pretty out of it. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like you look around and you're just like, oh yeah, these people are kind of like out of it. And just being like, but I really appreciated that, you know, like looking back, I'm like, that was really cool. But there, there's also a way to do it so that you know the person's actually hearing you. Like, yeah. So I've given that speech to I, I a give fourth it, grader. I give it, I I've give given it to it students to a, like too. A, a yeah. middle school kind of thing. Yeah. And I've given it to like 10th grader. Yeah. Now, I was given that energy, I think, in and around 10th grade. Yeah. Um, I See, started I so taking wish private I had trumpet that, yeah. lessons. And, and, yeah. and as Neil deGrasse Tyson says in this video... It wasn't that I was like, oh, gee, these uh, technical exercises that you're giving me are so um, so fascinating. I'm so impressed with the pedago pedagogical style that I'm going to Podcastical, but go decide on. to go into music. Instead, I was like, oh, Thank you. I have this flame <laughs> that's been lit up inside of me, this, this, um, this awakening of sorts where I have an appreciation for music, and that's started a fire for myself that I'm going to explore. Yeah. So I've done this to different ages and I do it in different ways. So for the high school person, I'm like, listen, like, do you, what, what do you want to do? Like, you know, it's probably the best thing for you to do yeah. in, in, in right now. And we just did an episode on this and, you know, yeah. makes you rethink going to college but it, kind but, of idea. But I always say, you're going to go to college. Yeah. What are you going to go for all this stuff? I'm like, listen, there are, three different types of trumpet players I encounter and I can tell them at different ages. It sounds bad to say, and sometimes they surprise you, but I can usually tell them what category they're in from the beginning. Or if I meet yeah. up with them, like sometimes I start a new student who's in ninth grade. Right. But the three categories are hopeless <laughs> and, um, yeah. um, uh, I can that. succeed if you work hard and comes extremely natural. Yeah. Now, yeah. for all three of those categories, if you're going to succeed, hard work is necessary, right? For the hopeless category, right, yeah. it's like something fundamental. They're just not even getting any of the concepts, and you can't even see with well, that's infinite like, work how it would work that, That's out. like I was saying earlier, like like assessing individual needs. People, you're right? like, yeah, you just got to get through this, man. And I, I'm here to help you, but like, let's just and figure I won't, it out. I won't like weaken the system of the class. Like, I'm not going right. to cheat you through. Yeah, you can't. But I will really, really, really yeah. help you. And all you really have to show me is some work ethic, and I'll get you through this. Well, you need to still show that hard work. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. And so for the middle category student, which I consider myself... 
certainly for trumpet like yeah i i do i consider myself that too yeah i had to really really work at things and unlearn a bunch of habits and relearn new things and it was only in my late 20s that i started to feel things were coming more naturally finally right right yeah i'm at the same place with writing for sure and it's a new territory like that you explore but there are also like the flip side musicians who like it came naturally at a very early age yeah sometimes it's because they started so young sometimes it's just for trumpet, honestly, and I talked about this with a trumpet teacher at a summer festival I did. We were talking about teaching and young kids, and like, I was like, it's so fucking mysterious because, like, so much of what determines whether you'll be successful as a trumpet player is when you're in fourth grade, where you happen to put the mouthpiece on your face. And from That's that crazy, point, dude. you start to build what you define as your, what we call embouchure, this French, yeah. r- French word, which means how you shape your lips into the yeah. mouthpiece. And that can pretty much determine, like, which category of trumpet player you're in. Yeah. Now, I was in a low end of category two. I had a really bad embouchure. And in 11th grade of high school, I did what's called an embouchure change. And I switched to a completely different mouthpiece placement. And but how did to how relearn you, trumpet? But from how did that you, how did you figure out how to do that? Like, uh, I ran into enough trouble, and my teacher yeah. finally brought it up to me. Yeah, and she even said, "I've been thinking about telling." This you was this. the one you locked in the fucking closet. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. She sucked. That's why she got locked in the closet. <laughs> Lesson to all you you young teachers out there, be aware of the closets. This was the teacher that got me into music. That's cool. um, She was like, yeah, I I was thinking about bringing that up for the past year that you might need an embouchure change. But the last thing I wanted to do was plant that seed in case you didn't need it because then it's when you think you're embouchure is fucked as a Sounds trumpet like a player shitty teacher too. then it just it distracts from anything artistic all you can think about is this technical, the technical how aspect, your muscles yeah. are shaping into the mouthpiece yeah. kind of thing so that's you know these kinds of teaching decisions of what information yeah. do you reveal what information do you yeah. keep yourself and like you kind of guide people along yeah. the way well that's even like when i'm reading through a paper i'm like uh, let's focus on this yeah. because like this is an issue that like this doesn't matter if you don't address this first sure like and, you got to get that, this baseline that, down. That um, process of of prioritizing what to talk yeah, about. Totally, I've noticed I streamline that so well as I get older. Like somebody will you play have a to. piece, and I'm like, yeah. "What should I address?" And you know what I end up doing sometimes for a whole lesson? I'm like, "We're gonna play long tones." That just means you just play one note. And and almost always for trumpet, the thing that's at the fundamental that's ruining everything is they. You're supposed to just breathe, like breathe in. And release, just no holding, right? And so many people, they breathe in and they squeeze their chest muscles. Yeah. In other words, slam on the brakes, and then they try to hit the gas. And like everything you play after that, yeah. There's no, there's no flow to it. No beauty, no flow. Flow state in general is a is a is a a place I I oh god, that's true in writing too. Yeah, Uh, I I think I want to do a whole episode on flow. Um, Johnny, have you heard of the guy Stephen Kotler? I'm sorry, I stopped listening. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted my flow. You're going to have to start over. Like, five minutes. No, I don't know who Johnny's pissing is. in a bucket right now. Um, he's this fascinating guy I just heard on a podcast well, not right for a second time. Um, he, he, he researches how to get people into flow states, right? Oh, that's and, like, cool. You know, of course, like anything, like even mindfulness meditation, the it's defense Adderall. department is like interested in it, right? Because like anything that can, yeah. you know, make better soldiers. So, Oh, my God. Um, Flow is something I've thought about, and 
you know, one of the things that happens in flow is that you can process way more information. Yeah. Um, usually you lose yourself. It's when you completely lose yourself with no distractions in the thing. And so do you know what this guy does? He's a writer. Um, cool. Um, and, and he said he wakes up at 4 a.m. every day. He walks out to this, like, shed thing he has. And he goes out there, and it's just him and this one light. No phones are plugged in, no technology. And he works for four hours until 8 a.m. And he's able to get into a flow state where th there is no past or future. It's just like doing that thing. Mm. And the, the studies they do show that when people are in flow states, they're up to 400% more productive, more creative. Like on almost every front, your brain's just uh, firing I, on higher cylinders. I don't think I cylinders. can handle that. Um, and it's really tiring. Like you don't want to do that if you're not getting enough sleep. Like get, being yeah. in flow state I get enough sleep, takes but... a lot out of your brain. So I've thought about that with teaching, but um, it's really hard to teach that, how yeah, to get yeah, into yeah. flow state yeah. because it's really hard to do it yourself. You know? Right. Most yeah. of the time it happens, it's an external trigger that gets you there, you know, yeah. and, and it's not like a willful thing you can tell your brain to get into flow state. Um, but the other thing I, I was going to mention was that one way I view teaching in the music world is that I just try to be a mirror so that people can see a reflection of themselves accurately do you hold up a mirror no no what it's I, pretty meta I mean, there's always a mirror there <laughs> would it be a, like, would it be a large like uh u-shaped tube because it's sound yes it, the sound yes, version of a, a mirror to send the sound back at them mirror, wait u-shaped you know? like luke shaped like no no like a tube like you take a, a pipe and bend it over so that way if you shoot sound one way it comes around oh, back shit. at you so it's it's an audio mirror oh nice um, i mean in a sense no. it is an audio mirror because like you really don't know how you sound when you're playing that's kind of you cool. have a sense of it but you don't know for sure and a teacher is a way to get a sense of how you sound more yeah. accurately well i always I, one thing i should mention as well is that, like i don't even like the the phrase teacher or like even professor like i think of myself more as a facilitator which i'm not even sure what the definition of that is but I think that's at the core of like a lot of what we've been saying about how like, yeah, I'm, I'm facilitating you figuring out shit for yourself. Like one thing that students come to me a lot with is they'll say not, not a lot, but like they'll say, can you fix my paper? How do you fix my paper? Can you and just re can you just read through my paper and fix and it? You're like you want to say fuck you. Are you I, you think so that's you, what my job is? So do you want to know what I say instead? What? I, I literally say this to students. I Why say, don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> I say, wow, that's way better than what I was just gonna say. So thank you, Johnny, for saving me. Um, I say oh, you didn't tell them to. You're asking why they aren't doing it. Sorry, go ahead. I, I say, oh, what you're looking for is an editing service. I'm your I'm your professor. I teach you the rules to be able to do it yourself. Yeah. And they just kind of stare at you. The, I, I when I say they, I mean the ones who ask this question and they'll kind of stare at you and be like, "What?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, I'll I'll explain to you how to do it and then you have to figure it out." That's the skill. Yeah. That's learning the ability that's in gaining the ability college. to be able to do it. This is what you're trying to learn, yeah. right? So um, tell me if this rings true with you at all, Joe. I have this concept that I've called chasing ghosts. And what it means is in the teaching world, I'm good. You can finish that. Word. Um, in the teaching world, chasing ghosts means uh, you have a student who you're really trying to crack 
and like figure out what are they not getting how can they get this right yeah. and week after week you're you're genuinely trying to figure out like you know what are they not getting what yeah. am i not communicating um and you realize you're chasing ghosts and what that means is they're not practicing at all yeah and they're not even engaging in genuine effort in the lesson yeah they're giving you their half kind of brain yeah and so you're chasing after potential reasons why they might be confused like oh maybe you're thinking of it like this and it's just a lack of effort yeah it's just it's a ghost it's like yeah there's i like that phrase yeah you're chasing ghosts and and it it will tire you out if you chase ghosts yeah so one of the things i've learned is uh, when i have a new student and i'm trying to read them i'll assign them one thing I'll just circle one technical exercise. It might be yeah. Clark for trumpet players, uh, Clark uh, technical study, let's say number 37 from the second study. Very easy to learn, even for a beginner, right? It's just a, one of those, did you do it or did you not do it, right? Right, so you can assess that then, yeah. yeah. And then I'll come in and sometimes, boom, they nail it, right? And I'm like, all right, I got a worker. I don't know if I got a creative person. I don't know if I got a good trumpet player, but I know I have a worker. And that's a metric that's worth knowing. Yeah, yeah. Now I know that. Yeah. But I'll often get kids who come in, can't even play it, and I go, oh, like, was this confusing? Like, how much did you get to practice? Like, what kind of week did you have? That's really that's really savvy, dude. And they'll say, I had a pretty busy week. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally get it. Like, you know, busy time of year. I was like, what'd you do? And they were like, well, we had to go to grandma's house on Sunday. And I'm like, yeah, how's grandma? Good, good, good. So what'd you do Monday? <laughs> and they're like, oh, I didn't think you would ask about Monday. I'm like, yeah. you said you had a busy week. You didn't say you had a busy yeah. Sunday. You know, a week is seven days. <laughs> you know, I like, like but, but yeah. for the kid, they thought that was enough bullshit to get them, even if it's just like socially. Because well, it was them. it was for their parents, you know? They did st- the kid wasn't just hanging around yeah. the house getting in the way. So yeah. they're like, go practice your freaking instrument. <laughs> they were, you know, they were busy. They were doing shit. And then they started the work week. And for my God about their kids. You know how annoying it probably is after dinner when you're trying to like fin- answer work emails and your students, your kids, they're going, you're like, shut. Okay, you did great. Yeah, that was 20 minutes. Go, go play video games. Go away now. Yeah. You know, so no, a lot that's of that's why on I'm the terrified of, of the idea of having kids because I know what it would mean to be a really good parent, yeah. but I can't guarantee that I would get there. It's insane to be a really good parent. You have to like be the really good parents I know. Hero. The really good parents I know are <laughs> fucking superstars. Plus, yeah, yeah. Like it's insane, and I know some of them. I, I, I really respect it. I do. Yeah, but it's I insane. Don't, I don't necessarily want to become the personality that is required to do that. You but know? you know what's funny is like, because I I'll, maybe I do. But. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll straight up ask them. I'll be like, I'll be like, how do you do this? And they're like, it's always the same answer, dude. I don't know. No, it's just you just do it. Yeah. You just you just do it, and you know it's what, like you know what Eric, that's at the core of a lot of things I've done. What Eric like, Weinstein yeah, would call that it. is he calls it a either he calls it a fundamental or he calls it like um, um, derivative, like or a primitive. That's what he calls it. He said that the human sense, mind yeah. seems to come with these categories yeah. called primitives, and it's just these things we we do. One of them is when you have a kid, 
something clicks in you that's like, I'll do everything I can to make that thing succeed. Yeah. And even even against all logic, someone's like, how are you doing this? Like, you're waking up at three and yeah. driving this person on a seven-hour trip every morning yeah. to, to at, like, Working whatever six the crazy jobs, like whatever, situation yeah. is. How do you do it? It's like, I just do. Yeah, I there, just There's make it something happen. primitive about it, right? Yeah. Um, I like I like that phrase, the primitive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so chasing ghosts was one theme I I, I had with teaching, and uh, I I suppose the rest of what we can do is is let's just go one for one with like insane teaching story. Like, oh what, yeah, that's what's true. the craziest situation you found yourself in? Well, um, I've already given up one of the funnier ones for me, which was like my student had his dad's shoes on. Oh, I have... let me also say one time my student pointed out that I had two different pairs of shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I have a picture of it. I'll post it on this. Episode. Oh, my God, please. I'll do. put it on the blog or whatever, wherever this episode ends up. Uh, I kind of well, I have one that I think is pretty good, but I also want to know if Johnny has a would you rather. So do you? Uh, not really. Okay, I'll just tell my, my story. My, then. my contribution to this is that I never got assignments done on time uh, <laughs> as a student. So having said that, I'll have a great would you rather in like another day and a half. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, my craziest story. I mean, there's so many like stories that are just like I can't believe that student did that. Like, yeah, you know that like they were just talking on their phone in class or like. They brought chicken parmesan into the computer <laughs> lab and thought that was okay. Yeah. It's or a like, great idea. Yeah, whatever. But like, I think the one that stands out to me that was just like, it was so like, it was just so like raw was like when I was teaching as a like advisor counselor in New York City um, at a school for. Oh, that was for how many years were you doing? That? I was only there for like a year. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I was there for like a yeah one year, um, but it was a school for uh, it was like a night school program, like an after work program for students who had either um, dropped out of high school and were trying to come back and get their degree, or like they were struggling through high school and like weren't going to graduate on time. Yeah. So it it wasn't a GED program; it was like to get them their high school diploma. Um, and a lot of them like these were like lower income like socioeconomic students. So like a lot of them either, you know, work day jobs, like nine to five jobs or had like, you know, families of their own, yeah. like, you know, young kids with like intense situations. And I remember, young, like, uh, I mean, they were, they were all, um, I think they were all like 17 to 21. That's what I mean. So imagine yeah. being 20 and having that, so that's responsibility of two kids, but also yeah. like not. So that that was being the a twenty year that old was not the, knowing anything. Yeah, that was exactly the idea behind the program. Was that like crazy. a lot of the reason why these students didn't go back to get their degree, their high school diploma, was because they're like, I'm twenty, I have like a kid, and I like watch grandma. Like I can't be in a classroom with like fifteen year olds. Like that's weird as fuck, you know. So like they would just like not go to high school anymore because like why would they so like this you know program was to try to you know help them help them get through i remember there's there was this one student and like i worked like so fucking hard with this guy like talk about chasing ghosts i i mean all sorts of all sorts of like crazy stories with these kids because they they had all sorts of crazy family situations but i just remember this one kid in particular because like he like 
he he genuine like generally like just couldn't like focus and like couldn't get through the classes and like we tried so hard like all year to like come up with like and he had a lot you know to his credit he you know he he had a lot of other stuff going on in his life um and he you know we came up with all sorts of plans and schedules to try to get him through and um i just remember he was like so close like he was in this program for like when I started for like already a year. So he's in this program for a couple of years and, you know, throughout the whole year we worked and he was like so close. He was like two classes away from like graduating and like something happened where like it turned out that he had too many absences and like he was going to fail and like he had to do all these makeup classes, but he couldn't make it because of work. Like he had like legit and he had to work. Yeah. He had to fucking work Couldn't lose his job. Yeah. And, like, it basically, like, I think it came down to, like, he just, like, wasn't going to be able to sleep, like, basically. Like, he had to, like, change his shifts and, like, it was going to be rough. And, like, I just remember, like, he, like, was just, like, he, like, threw up his hands and he tried to leave. And I remember, like, I, you know, I tried to stop him. I was like, no, you can't leave. Like, you got to go to fucking class, man. Yeah. And he was just, like, crying. And he's like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I have to leave. And so I actually, like, wouldn't let him leave. I blocked the door. I stood in front of the door because he tried to go out through the emergency exit. And I was like, you can't, like, not only can you not fucking go out. And he's like, out- fuck you, I'm going out the main yeah, exit. Yeah, not <laughs> only can you not go out through the emergency. It's an emergency. Yeah, fucking exit. But, like, I'm not, like, not going to let you go. But the funny thing was, like, this kid was, like, six foot six. Like, he was huge. Like, I'm not that tall. And, like, right. this, this kid was, like. But it's not like you're saying, um. You know, I'm not, you know, letting you into your girlfriend's house. Or you're saying, like, the, the subtext of what you're saying is like, hey, man, I'm not giving up on you. Like, yeah. And I was just like, I remember, like, spreading my arms in front of the door. I was like, you're not going through. Like, you're going to have to, like, get through me, dude. And, like, I think I said something like that. I was like, yeah, dude, you're going to have to, like, get through me to go out through this exit. And he was just like, he, like, finally, after a minute, he, like, calmed down. And he was like, all right. And I was like, dude, I'll, like, walk you to class. I walked him to class and I remember like two months later, like he, he, you know, we kept working and he got through it and he wound up, you know, he, he wound up graduating and like, Oh really? Oh yeah. He made it like, but like he had that breaking point and I was like, I just remember like, you know, being like, nah, dude, like you can do this. Like you got like, and it was because I I realized I was like, I, I just working with him so much. I was like, he can do this. Like, well, yeah, like I know that he can he can make this happen if we like keep working on this. And like that was such an extreme. Maybe you don't even really know. But like you're like, it's worth the risk. Like, well, and that's that know it. And that's the outcome of anything. But like, it's worth trying. And that to me is like really like the core of like, uh, I guess, like, you know, teaching at its like best where it's like, I don't know where that kid is today. Like, I don't know what he did with that high school degree or high school diploma, but, like, I would like to think that he learned something about himself and, like, sure. what he's worth and, like, what he's capable of. Like, the of. fact that he has a high school diploma is way less important than the fact way that less he important. learned he could do something Probably. that he thought he couldn't. Right, exactly. Which you can yeah. do for me. I do it all the time at the micro level, right? Yeah. Somebody's like, I can't play that note. 
And then I realized, okay, yeah. we got some kind of like self confidence issue going on. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to keep pushing on the like, do it again, more. Can't, can't is like, so arbitrary like depending on what you're talking to, like, about. Yeah. Reset and like, you know, do something else. Yeah. So they say, I can't do something. Say, oh, could you have done it with a broken pinky and then snap that one in half and be like, <laughs> yeah, I hope you can do it with. A, let's find out if you can do it with one broken pinky because we're going to find out if you could do it with two broken pinkies. You know, that's the way you motivate. I, I, I want to have Johnny come into one of my classes. And is just like not even a guest lecture well guest lecture but like we'll call him like guest lecturer and they'll be like well from where i'll be like oh he's a life coach yeah and like, just a coked out like 80s professional wrestling character pretty much <laughs> yeah, Woo! yeah it'll be like he doesn't look like he's from the 80s and we'll be like oh he's from the 80s don't you worry oh, he never that's because he, he's not from there he never left he's still there <laughs> So I'm going to flip through my phone here and just see it. I if I wrote down a few teaching stories. I'm going to see if I have any that I haven't um, said. Oh, this is a good Uh-oh. one. I had a, I had, I, I had a kid that um, he would always poop right before the lesson. So he was at this music store. And he would always, like his lesson, let's say, was at like 6. He would always show up at like 5.50 and lay down a fucking nightmare in the store bathroom. <laughs> and like everybody knew it. And like he would come in and like, you know, like people ha- people tend to have that like I just took a, a nasty shit uh, kind of energy. <laughs> Wait, how does that energy? Is that body and language? Point, is that Luke's very that sensitive. This- Luke's very sensitive to that kind of energy show. All right, don't belittle the, his abilities. All right, one of the workers we all have at, the store at one skills. point. I'm even, not belittling it. I just want. I just want qualitative. Like I gotta say, I didn't. I this is a a, a post hoc thing because I didn't think that he was pooping at the store until one of the um, workers there was like. Yo, you know your six o'clock student like, your six o'clock. takes a big shit every week, right? It's like the consistent lesson. every week. It's just a more or less. You know yeah. what that is? That that's a that's a fucking uh, nervous shit. He's he's scared or, of your lesson. Be. Could be or Taco Bell. or he's he's just regular as hell. You know, <laughs> he could be really regular. That's right. his time. So, Maybe so that's what, just his time. So what happened know? after his very regular six p.m. dump pre-lesson dump? Luke? Nothing really. This was the, oh, that's the story. <laughs> this was the kid that would only talk to me through a mirror. What? Yeah. What? What do you mean? For like three years, I mean, he only talked. That's to me a story, Luke. Don't, don't. That's the story. Don't <laughs> yeah. just gloss over. Jesus Christ! Like, Joe, tell I need a that one. Teacher. Come on. Yeah, Luke. That's narrative gold, baby. <laughs> that's that's gold. Gold. That gold. The poop thing will just be a detail thrown into like the chapter one, I guess. Right. The, the poop is the preface because <laughs> it's like, well, that's weird, and it's like, wait, he only talks to mirrors. Okay, like that's right. I mean, I eventually got him over that. But... Wait, what was it? Did he explain why? No. Did he? How how did you know he only talked through mirrors? Like he would just look at the mirror. He, there's always a mirror in the rooms in music lesson rooms. But I mean, like he would like when he, he would spoke look to at you, me through the mirror. Like, did you ever like talk to? Did you talk to him through the mirror? No. Oh. I mean, I would do both, right? Was I the would, mirror behind I would make you eye or contact next to with you? him through the mirror, but then like also just look at him. But was the mirror behind? It was. It was to the left of him, and he would turn to his left. And look at me to his right, but through the mirror to his left. When he was playing or just when he was talking? Only when talking. When he was playing, he was looking at the music stand, which is straight ahead of and, him. And then, so what broke that streak you said for like three Age. years? <laughs> he got over it. What can I say? <laughs> I guess that's all you can say. <laughs> Something you just grow out of, you know? Oh my God. What the uh, fuck, dude? That's, that's, that's funny, I remember dude. there was like two years I would only talk to people through a cup on a string. No, I'm just kidding. 
Uh, I we did, we did that when we were kids, Johnny. I think Fortsville had one of those. No? Oh, we did, but you also could just yell the same distance. So. Yeah, but that wasn't it was as only fun. you're trying to whisper. I something. mean, we also yeah. planted water balloon landmines, but you know that was impractical. There was just holes That's that people the friendliest were tripping. Kind of landmines. <laughs> yeah, but it was also just a hole. It was way more effective than the water balloon hidden within it. So we were planning on trying to do this teaching episode for a while. So I started as I was teaching the past like two months, writing down quotes. So yeah. here's one I got uh, from a kid that I think it was a ninth grader, no eighth grader. Started trumpet lessons, wanted to audition for some kind of thing. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And he, quote, because I wrote it down right after he said it. That's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. I don't even like trumpet. It's stupid. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty good. Like, you're good at it, but I'm switching to chorus or maybe drums. Dude, I'd take a thousand drum lessons a day if I played drums. I mean, it's not like I don't know how the notes go, but I just like don't know what buttons to push down. Wow. That's gold, baby. That's that's how old? That's pure. Eighth grade. That's what that is. That sounds like someone figuring his shit out. I bet that guy still plays drums. <laughs> trumpet. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean trumpet. That's cool. It's funny you say that though about writing it down because like that comes up in class all the time where somebody will say something and I'll be like, that is fucking gold. And unless I write it down right then, I it, totally it's gone. Because it was gone. so chaotic. It's just in the the reason it was gold, it's it was just, like it's such a chaotic thing to say. Yeah, and I, it's funny. I'll like pause. I'll be like, uh, like should I like pause to write this down? And it's funny. I actually I'm way better at it in individual student meetings because I'll actually do that. I'll be like, just give me one give second. Give me one second, and you write it down. It's funny. Yeah. Wait, wait for next week. Maybe I'll post this on the podcast. Fuck it, I'll post it on the podcast or okay. something. Like, because I'll do this on Facebook. I'll say like top five conference. Oh, I've quotes seen of, that. Yeah. yeah, conference quotes of the day, and some of them are just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you were talking about lizard people all, all day, and it's like <laughs> a little bit. You know, it, 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 for me, it's more of like the kid logic thing. Like, it's for a hell example, of a gig. For, uh, <laughs> kid, kid logic is just like um, I, w- I was talking about um, long term results and that like yeah. I was, you know, in, in any time I give motivation to get good at your instrument, for example, I'm, I'm very clear to say, look, you're not going to see amazing results right away. And, you know, this makes touch points to those psychological studies where they tell a kid, like, you'll get one cookie if you just want to eat it now, but if you wait and don't eat that cookie, we'll be back in 10 minutes and you'll get two t- cookies. And they, they follow those type of personality types that are able to wait yeah. and delay their gratification. So I'm like, no, look, no, you're going to have to wait. that's not the experiment. The experiment is the M&M's, and it's for every like <laughs> the two minutes, for for every five minute you don't eat the M&M's, we add an M&M. But as soon as you eat one, we stop adding them, oh, no matter okay. how long you take to eat them. So you can't just like wait ten minutes and then eat one every five minutes. It's when you decide to cash out. So but you're right; it is a type of personality. Yeah, because mm-hmm. to be able to say I'll just wait because it's more later rather than some now. Exactly, and that that actually takes like mental model building right so but the I, thing is somebody you always hit a point like uh, i'm sure there's some kids that wait till they have ten thousand yeah. m&ms but everyone hits a point where they go i don't even want this many m&ms i'm going to start eating the this few like, i want i'll leave the ones i don't that's you know? like every other johnny genie would you rather <laughs> yeah yeah well we stuck it some in there you know so um <laughs> i'll tell a kid like uh, like look you have to like wait for the results you have to do this every day for a while before you see results that kind of thing right and so as i'm talking to him I'm like 
oh, let me bring up this example. I'm like, for example, like I started going to the gym in like late January, early yeah. February, and the gym is really crowded during those months. And I was like, by the time of this month, and this was just like a month ago, so something like April or May, I was like, the gym's starting to get pretty empty. I'm like, why do you think the gym's so crowded in January and February? And I'm trying to get him to say like, oh, like people are highly motivated but then when they don't see results like right away, like they give up, yeah, right? They fart That's out. what I was getting yeah. at. Uh, I sort of like primed him, like obviously yeah. to answer that. I thought so at least, yeah. right? Ideally, guess what his answer was? Uh, to I gotta take a six p.m. dump. No, I <laughs> I was yeah. like, why are the I'm, I'm crowded? <laughs> in, in I'm turtle head in February. He said people want to get strong so they can shovel snow. Wow! And I was like. That's a logical fallacy. I was teaching those I today. I never thought about that, though. I didn't even think about how dumb that is. Like, <laughs> It's a logical fallacy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not looking past a certain but, like, base But all layer. he thought was, like, what's unique about January yeah. and February? And, like, why would people be yeah. at a gym? And maybe the only gym model of a gym he's had in his mind is, yeah. like, arm workouts. But, like, a gym's filled with everything, right? Yeah. And but like that's not the dumbest wrong answer he could have given. It's, it's not. There's logic behind it for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's not a full. I thought you were going to go somewhere else with it. I, my what dumb kid think? logic I was thinking of was you were going to tell him if you practice every day you'll get good in the long term, and the kid being like, "Well, I could just practice every other day and wait twice as long, and I'll get just as good." <laughs> like I, you know, that kind of like kid that. logic yeah. is like. Yeah, if I only practice once a week, I'll still get as good. It'll just take, like, way longer, so I'm only going to practice. It's like, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. You actually have to do it every day for it to Yeah, I still want to see Johnny. That's another logical fallacy, right? And have the patience for it to, like, not work for a while. You know what, Joe? I'm building up to one master class. It's just an like a Ron Swanson hour where there's like beer is only going to be like 14 minutes of it. And then I go into something else I spend a couple of years on. Like, Dude, Ron Swanson you know, and, and, sold a whole fucking special where it was just him sitting in front of the um, fireplace, like drinking whiskey. And, and he occasionally changed dude, seating positions. I, I play that when I'm bartending in the around Christmas, like the week of Christmas to New Year's, like that area. Yeah. I just play that. Because oh, it's really? a Yule log channel, yeah, yeah. and I just because there's there's no sport there's no sports really that time of year. There's not much. Have you um, seen that Ron Swanson so, clip where he's um, drinking scotch in front of a fire for hours? Oh man, they hung up on me. You know, it was a dick move. That was smart of Luke to bring up Ron Swanson. He's kind of a hero of mine. It's a character from a NBC show called Parks and Recreation. A very uh, self possessed man libertarian-ish minded nut job type um and yeah they distracted me and hung up first so you're hearing me talk to just you the listener now not addressing luke and joe because they won the hang-up game they freaking hang up on me first so now they get the last word um I feel like we started this as a way to shorten the podcasts to make it competitive to get your points out and hang up but we're still going on like two three fucking hours so uh, I guess we got to start having repercussions. Uh, whoever wins has to buy the other, or whoever loses has to buy the other guy's beer, something like that. Because we're at like two hours still, and uh, I just look like an idiot. So who really won here? Uh, yeah, well, that was the teaching episode. Hope you all learned something. Um, I'm not gonna go too deep because they're gonna ruin it with their uh, shallow wrap-up explanation of things. So, uh, all right, then. Let's hear what these idiots coming up have to say, and then uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, 
Hopefully some I know some shit about. All right, later guys. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude, I, was, I thought you weren't going to get it. In that time. was perfect. Johnny was just like drinking Scott. I think we had him. We win, right? Fair and square? Uh, Yeah, we got him. Okay. He's not happy. So they're going to hear him first. That's fine. He's, he's, he's raving right now. Let's do the classic uh, impersonate Johnny. Sorry about my impersonation of you. Oh, oh the, those fucking losers talking about their... <laughs> I sound like Trump, Trump Johnny. Yeah. yeah. I impersonated you. Talking about their, their podcast to Goji. Because right? you won against us when you were oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, listen to the end of last episode. I, I heard... I, I remember you telling me that you guys just, like, ripped on me. I started oh, ripping on you. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a second. I'm just going to go back and be on Joe's team. Like, yeah. You know, I shouldn't yeah. rip too hard. No, we always switch uh, teams. We plugged your book. Oh, that works. Yeah. Yeah. Like, share, and subscribe. Because we felt so I mean, bad about fuck. all the awful things we said. So Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, teaching. Uh, did yeah. we leave any low-hanging fruit, at least, that I we didn't grab? I, I feel actually pretty... Uh, you know, I, I really liked a lot of the avenues we went down. Um, you know, I, I would just like to say about teaching in general, I, I mean, I, I, again, I think we covered really a lot of the different iterations of, like, what teaching means and, like, why it matters in different contexts. And, you know, I think for me as as somebody who teaches regularly blah 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 so, all right move on I, <laughs> I won't make you say that word again you know what's funny is i can't say that even in class i was trying to say that today and i couldn't do it yeah it's there one are words of those words like that my, my friend she can't say drawer i won't uh comment on that she goes drawer yeah i can't say it either i can't say it either but she she can't say it even worse so it's like we all have those words you know yeah, whether, just, whether, whether yeah. we're drunk or not um, but yeah, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, thinking about teaching and, and everything that we've talked about, you know, to me, it's like, I, I'm really there to help. And I mentioned this earlier, how I think of myself more as a facilitator than the phrase teacher. And, and really what I mean when I say that is just the fact that, um, I, I like to be there to help people realize what they're capable of and what yeah. they can do and that's like the coolest part of it like I, I i have students you know in whatever version of what they need or what they're trying to get out of a class where you know you work with them and you help them realize like yeah i can you know i can do this i can accomplish that and sometimes it's like it's it's advanced it's like i'll tell them i'll be like you're really good at writing like you should i don't care what you write but like you should keep writing and you might not know you're good at it but I can tell you are. Yeah, and that's, like I said before, like and that. And things that are really hard for other people, you're doing very naturally. Yeah, and, like, that's, you know, uh, when people told me that, like, that was really helpful. So, um, and, and then there's other students where it's just like, yeah, like, you should realize these skills that you have and how you can apply them to other things. Like, you know, we talked about with um, thought patterns and ideas of persuasion and, you know, how a lot of these skills and lessons, they... You know, they're, they're not about writing. That's something I can't believe I forgot to mention till now. But uh, the, the thing I say the first day of class and I keep repeating all semester is that uh, good writing is good thinking. And without good thinking, you don't you'll never have good writing. Sure. And that's actually probably the core thesis of my teaching pedagogy, I would say. Because the writing is is or, um, for writing. How do you. Yeah. The, for for the skill of the writing itself, it's yeah. how do you translate the world of thought into the world of language. And make and that this, useful for sure. other people to do something sure. with, yeah. 
and 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 that's different than saying how do you clean up the world of thought because the world of yeah. thought is 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 a a whole thing unto itself and like part of that i think we've all benefited from scientific type thinking yeah and so when i say like that that the, underneath the core of my teaching is like I'd want people to learn how to think, not what to think. Yeah. I've mostly stolen that from different scientists I've heard who say, like, scientific literacy, for example. But there's something to that. How do you interpret information yeah. is the most important. Yeah. And if that information is you reading um, a source and wondering if it's a valid source for a research paper, if it's um, you... Yeah. Um, uh, deciding if a salesman is being honest with you in some kind of way yeah. or if there's any obvious like telling signs yeah. that they're not being honest there's so many um, applications there's so many applications to it and it's really it's 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 how do you think how do you interpret information right yeah and whether that's in the laboratory of your practice room playing trumpet scales and trying to get an even articulation or trying to uh you know work on you know, soft entrances on a high note, whatever the thing is, you have to kind of approach it in a scientific way because that's a very powerful yeah. pattern of thinking. Yeah. And if you can teach that to people and they learn that it's not the specific application that they should remember, oh, this is the date of this, or this is mm. exactly how you do this one specific thing, but you can teach them the pattern that that lead leads to solutions like the one you gave them, right? Yeah. Because you have to give some solutions as a teacher. You have to say, look, here's a solution to this. Now I'm going to give you the same yeah. problem, but in a different realm, right? Yeah. And if they can think through it, now you got them going, right? Yeah. In math, it's a specific formula, and it's hard to get them to like zoom out from that. But I love music because I can throw a completely different example, and they, I often trick them into not thinking, right? And then I catch them. I say, aha. I said, the answer you just gave me, did you think of that answer or did you give me an answer you thought I would want to hear? And almost always they put the thought into their answer. They just said words that they thought I might want to hear. Right. Yeah. So I say words like air support all the time. Your sound should be supported by 90% air and not by the lips pinching, right? Which mm. is a common mistake young trumpet players make. And then when I say, okay, this is a question after they play something, I almost always ask. I say, what do you think I'm about to say? And I just see if they can predict what I'm about to say. Because if they can predict what I'm going to say, then I've done my job, yeah. right? Yeah, they have you, a you know that you've taught them, them, yeah. Whether or not I'm there. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they'll answer very well, and I can tell they actually thought, what would I say? And sometimes they just think to themselves, what does he want to hear? You yeah. know, like they're not well, they actually think, thinking. They're yeah, they just think, saying like, oh, air? And I go, well, they what think, about air? They and think, like, what's more? that answer? And yeah. it's like, that's not, they don't you're not think. asking the right question. I mean, they're thinking yeah. about what the answer is, but they're not thinking about what my question yeah. was. Yeah. And so you can't just say one word, air, right? Well, you can. Even but... though that is the that might be the answer. So they say air, and I go, what? And air support. I'm like, you said more words. I was like, you know, Often I ask my students, I said, pretend you're teaching someone, if you're in, they're in ninth grade, I say, pretend you're teaching someone in fourth grade. How would you explain this to them? And the point is when you can explain something, it means you not only 
have the ability to do it or the knowledge of what it is, but you have an understanding. It's integrated yeah. into your brain at a deep enough level. So like that's a there there are all these sort of like tools and tricks I've picked up along the way. Yeah. But I would say they all generally fit into the category of how the fuck do you think correctly? How do you And it's so it's so funny how that transcends like I, I feel like any medium worth teaching, whether yeah. that's writing or music or, you know, whatever, like whatever the fuck you're It's on a zoomed out yeah. enough level that it transcends the specific topics. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. All right. Teaching. Well, we win. That about does it. Yeah. Um, oh, we've got to say fuck you, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Genie. I, I, I feel bad because we didn't get a Johnny Genie this, this round. That's his fault. I'm very, I'm, I'm kind of. Disappointed you know, we, in we him. We might have to have a sit down with. Uh, Should we have an intervention? A genie intervention. A genie intervention. He's been slacking lately. Yeah, he's got to have a would you rather. He's got to come he's with a would you rather. He's got to demonstrate his power. Yeah. Because the genie's power. Well, is... for all he knows, we're genie detectives keeping an eye on him. Yeah. He doesn't know that we're not. You know, genie genie's a concept that goes real deep. We like, should do an episode on genies. Just genie episode. Yeah. Why haven't we done that? We'll get it. we'll get on it. Uh, let's put uh, it on the docket. So if you're if you're still sticking with us, I don't think to anybody's made it this episode, far. Should we tell them? I a was secret? about to start speaking in Turkish. Um, you, you might as well at this point. We're like Would you say about my I saucer said plate nipples? That, that you listened. Thank you very much. Um, if you have any uh, topics, guests, if you're an interesting person and you could be a guest, now's the time to hit us up. We're about to get big. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to donate now. Join, uh, sign up for the $100 an episode tier. Also, Joe, I have we'll a crazy have idea. On. I'll bring it out right now. Bang Luke we for should, a million we, no, dollars no, an episode. <laughs> yeah, si- sign them up now. We should set, like, if we make, because on Patreon, you can set goals. So we can say, if you get to this, if we get to this amount, We'll do video. Oh, I would totally do video. And and we just have to set the amount at what's like, what would realistically, would it cost? Yeah. Because it would just be basically what we do with like a Skype recorder type yeah. thing, except it would include video. Yeah. Um, And we just need to like upgrade that camera. But like. We could do that. Let's do it. We, so like, share and subscribe is what you're saying? I'm saying if 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 you crazy people want to You're missing all the you. all the man, mannerisms. You're missing the studio. There's fucking ghost masks and uh other shit on the walls. Yeah, th- there's a lot of detail here. Uh, yeah, we, there's robots and Legos and We drink way more beer than you think probably. Uh, Cuz we only cans. announce about 25% of the beer that we yeah, drink. Yeah, I got to take my 6 p.m. dump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 550 I, I hope somebody just like accidentally clicked on the episode at that point and they're like where am i yeah what's going all right on? well thanks for listening yeah I thanks think for I'm joining gonna us call it tonight i gotta drive in the yeah morning. let's let's call it yeah uh so we'll see you next week and uh like share and subscribe <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> <Jeez>. see ya <laughs>